This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Don't Breathe 2 and Free Guy. Achoo! Aaron, I think we're screwed. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hi. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies, we have most respect for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other film movie topic. This is episode 464, 464! Whoa, this is like a Nintendo 64, but 400 episodes later. That Yeah, that's exactly what mm-hmm. it is. And <laughs> this week, uh, we have another double episode, a double review episode. We're talking uh, Don't Breathe 2 and Free Guy. Two new movies, one original, <laughs> one sequel that we'll get into pretty soon. Joining us to discuss both of these things, we have events editor and senior film critic for Cinema Blend. Don't cross him in the night because he just can't see you. It's Eric Eisenberg. How's it going, guys? Thanks so much for having me. Eric, what's up? You know, uh, uh, you know, seeing movies, doing stuff, <laughs> still living that quarantine life. You know, uh, there you go. I feel like yeah, we're still all there. So yeah. <laughs> Also joining us, host of the podcast Dadward Spiral, and writer for such sites as IGN and Sci-Fi. Don't hate the game, hate the player. It's Aaron Pruner. God damn! How, how am I supposed to follow Eric's in, introduction? I haven't written for Sci-Fi in two years, but thank you for digging up that old wound. I'm kidding. Hello, everyone. Our research team uh, is amazing. That's just bizarre. It's bonkers accurate. Uh, thank you for having me. I always like to have the opportunity to talk really loudly into a microphone while staring at the wall. So this is nice. <laughs> it, it, We're going to turn the volume way down in editing. It, it is Am good. I loud? No. Oh. It is good to have you both back and seemingly sane enough. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> enough. Uh, uh. But no, it, it, it is good to have you guys here. We got, we got plenty to talk about today. We got a packed show. In fact, we got we got a lot of twos of everything. It would seem. Um, two errands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Two Abe's. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> Keep going. I'm waiting for that follow up. <laughs> two Mountain Dews. <laughs> two movies, two trailers, two games. We got we got plenty of twos going on here. So uh, it's three it. Jews. I don't know if Abe's Jewish, but I mean he's not part I of the tribe. Like we are the majority. Suddenly. Honorary. Yeah. Let's just talk about let's just talk about all of our Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah plans yeah, because no, it's a month away, but we're already planning. I, I've been informed once again that they'll be virtual in my neck of the woods. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's get let's get to some show notes. Uh, first up, new commentary track um, coming this week. We're going to record one. We do a commentary track every month, and this week we're this month we're talking Candyman, the ni- the '90s classic. Candyman, and in, in, in anticipation of the upcoming new Candyman film that's arriving in like a couple weeks' time, that I'm very excited about. Um, How much do you charge to do a commentary? Just, uh, uh, just like, just a running commentary of like, just a regular person's day-to-day life. Like, how, can you just? How much do can we I charge to like tap into somebody's can feed? I just, like, walk around with the GoPro out. and have it fed into your computer, and you could just like commentary, just provide it. Just as I'm like, like dollars uh, putting hour. my daughter down for a nap, and then I hear like, is, like, uh, like the Ron Howard voice version of of your narration coming through my earbuds about my life. What an intriguing way to finally start that out now Patreon, just doing specifically Aaron Pruder's <laughs> life. <laughs> you know, it's it's like a cameo, but just for me, mm-hmm. just you talking to me, giving me like you know, 
pep talks and and just 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 like a backstory of yeah. why I missed that decision right now. As you're sleeping, I'll just whisper, "You can do it." Thank you. You're like Scarlett Johansson and her, basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That. Yes. You know, you're welcome. You could take that idea. I don't need credit. Abe and I would be could be we'd be turning sentience at some point apparently, you know, waging a, a minor revolution in some form as well. I told y'all before we like, started. Like uh, pages in a book, apologize. man. I apologize for whatever comes out of my mouth. This is my get out of jail free card. Anyways, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be stealing the spotlight. You're fine. Just know you that do you just, just know there is a commentary coming. <laughs> what I'm else? Ready. Um, let's see. Summer Gamble, uh, Abe and I, along with several frequent guests of the show, we've all tried to predict what the top 10 highest grossing films of the summer at the worldwide boxes would be. Uh, and, uh, this week we had, a, you know, a couple new entries coming into play. Free Guy, of course, is the winner of the weekend. It made $26 million, which for an original film, not bad as far as the Summer Gamble goes. We'll see. We'll see how that goes, um, as far as its overall take before, uh, middle of September when this thing finally ends. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't Breathe, I believe, was on... Even Free Guy, I think, was pretty low, if not in the Dark Horse for most of us. Don't Breathe might have been a Dark Horse for one or two of us, and that one made, I believe, somewhere in the realm of like nine or ten million this weekend. Uh, we'll we'll low see. Low budget. What, I mean, yeah. it'll, it'll yeah. make its money. Back. It'll make its money, but in terms of being a player at the in the, the summer gamble, I, I'm not. I'm yeah. not anticipating uh-huh. it. Uh, Suicide Squad, similar. <laughs> which, uh, Abe, I know you guys didn't talk about this last week, but yeah, Suicide Squad wasn't exactly breaking the bank at the box office. Right. So we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll see what happens as, as far as that goes as well. Um, what else? Summer Contest. Uh, plug in this again because it ends next week, actually, is when we'll be picking a winner. But uh, I have two copies of Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, one on Criterion Blu-ray and one 4K copy that recently came out. And Who here was alive when that movie came out in theaters? We were all alive when that movie came out in theaters. We're not okay. that young. <laughs> you're, not, you're not that old. I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I've had conversations recently. Sure, where... we weren't old enough to race to the theaters on our own <laughs> and see it. <laughs> but... I was? 89? I'm, what I'm basically saying is I'm the chaperone of this podcast now. <laughs> But, uh, Given yeah. your previous comments, I feel like we're in very good hands, Aaron. <laughs> you are welcome. But, Let's uh, actually, the game that we're going to play in this podcast <laughs> is, let's count how many gray hairs are in Aaron's beard. I took a selfie today, and Jesus Christ, there's way too many. Sorry, continue talking. We have our summer contest. We have two copies to do the right thing. The only, all you have to do to enter is comment on one of our various social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or even email us at notpockets.gmail.com. Your favorite quote from a summer movie. That is a movie that was released during the summer. Uh, just add, you know, throw in your favorite quote somewhere, and uh, we're going to enter every name into a into a you know the out now hat. Pick a pick two at random, and uh, you'll be rewarded with uh, a copy of Do the Right Thing in North America. Um, all right. So that's still going. I'll try to promote that as well on the uh, on the sites uh, for the last week of this contest. And there's plenty yeah, more contests to come because I all I have so much stuff to just like mail out because I don't need all of this stuff that I have just sitting around. Um, that's worthwhile. There's like a lot of good movies I have just hitting sitting here. Um, so all right. Um, last thing, iTunes reviews and ratings, of course. If you like all of this uh, silly banter, including Aaron's ruminations on his own life, uh, feel free to log into iTunes. You can find all of the episodes of our show, as well as uh, give us a rating review, which would be wonderful. Is that for any summer? The the summer movies thing? Yeah, any summer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. All right, let's uh let's move on now to out now quickies. Trademark. Each week, we we do What? Trademark. Exactly. Exactly. Jesus. 
Aaron, what other movies have you seen recently? <laughs> Don't ask me that question. <laughs> oh man, what I saw Suicide Squad. Yeah, I saw that. Were you a fan? I saw that at home on the couch uh, after Lily went down for bed. I liked it. I liked it way more than the first one. Um, actually, my wife is not at all into violent or over-the-top gory movies, and she ended up finishing it before I did. I had to stop in the middle of it because uh, I, I fell asleep. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she finished it to my surprise. It, it was quite enjoyable. Good. Glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. Eric, how about you? Any recent movies you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm probably jumping the gun on what you guys might talk about next week. But uh, I saw The Night House, which doesn't have an embargo thanks to its Sundance premiere. And I will sing its praises. It is a super, super cool horror movie about grief and loss. And uh, it is incredibly well shot. Rebecca Hall delivers an awesome performance. It's it's uh, it really surprised the hell out of me because I really knew nothing about it going in. And also, I couldn't recommend that more highly for anyone listening. Like if you've heard about this movie, it's gauged your interest. Go see it. Don't watch any trailers. Uh, and yeah, just enjoy. Well, fuck, if we're going to be doing that, then I saw No Man of God uh, like last <laughs> month and that comes out next week. Are we doing, or maybe it already came out and it's coming out to on demand. It's with the Luke Kirby and and Elijah Wood, and it's you know, it's about serial killers. We're doing that thing again where we're doing another Ted Bundy movie. I saw that. All right, there you go. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It felt more like a two man play. The majority of the really interesting stuff that happens in that movie happens in one set between two characters. Uh, so it felt. That's that's to me where it felt like it it really uh, found its original footing, whereas it it felt like a stage play. I like those kind of stories. So yeah, what's the, my ears. what's the title of that one again? It's called No Man of God. It's this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based on the true story of this relationship that happened between um, uh, a guy by the name of Bill. Hagmeyer, who I guess is kind of a mind hunter. I don't know where his character lies in the history of what that show Mind Hunter on Netflix was inspired by, mm-hmm. but he ended up getting the trust and actually kind of became friends with Ted Bundy after Ted Bundy was arrested to get into the mind of what, how a serial killer works. And so it kind of explores that relationship from beginning to end. And that part I found really interesting. Nice. Cool. Uh, yeah, I see new things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not always stuck at home just watching shit on television. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Can I cuss? Yes, you can. Can I cuss? You're fine. Okay, shit. <laughs> Abe, where are you at? Yes. What, have you, what movies have you seen recently? No new movies, but I did start watching Reservation Dogs. It's uh, Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Dude, that's great I, I yes. Two episodes so far. You can catch it on Hulu. Um I think the next one premieres, I think, tomorrow. But um, it is, so far, a really good watch about these Native American kids, uh, teenagers in Oklahoma, just trying to get out of the reservation. Yeah, so, you know you know something? Uh, I'm mm-hmm. just going to go ahead and blow my own horn here for a second. It During the, uh, the TCA panel for that show that happened, I think, two weeks ago, 
uh, I got to ask a, a question because it feels like a show that takes place in the 90s, right? It feels very 90s specific, even though there is, I think. Uh, I was thinking the same a, thing. I don't remember seeing any phones, and I was actually yeah. thinking, is this a period show? There's sure. a smartphone in episode two, and apparently the guy that created the show, uh, Sterling, I forget his last name. RJ? Um, yes. He said his biggest cinematic inspiration for this was Friday. Uh-huh. and. Which makes complete sense upon watching the show. It so, really yeah. does now. Yeah. yeah, love that show. I'm obsessed with The White Lotus currently. I oh, watched, nice. oh, I just watched the finale. I haven't watched oh, the finale. I am behind. <laughs> I just got to Molly Shannon's introduction, and I'm having some some PTSD of spending a week at a lake two weeks ago with my own mother-in-law, uh, oh. <laughs> who she kind of reminds me of on the show. So sure. don't, Jake yeah. Lacey by himself is such a piece of shit. That, uh, like, to amplify it by having the presence of his mother is uh, quite something. Abe. Yeah. Yeah. Abe, to, to backtrack, <laughs> yeah. you watched two episodes of Reservation Dogs on Hulu. Do you have the Hulu yes. without ads or with ads? I have the Hulu without ads. I actually have the, uh, I've got the streamer bundle. So is yeah. that, so does that mean the episodes are, like, what, like 20, 25 episodes, 25 minutes or something like that? Something like that, yeah. So I'm like, so you watch, like, 50 minutes of TV? Pretty much, yeah. So I watched like a, a almost uh, Cool Hand Luke. The, the last I was gonna ask, Luke, you could have you have spent that time to finish the movie you started like but three who, months ago. Who, who, <laughs> Reservation Dogs is new. Cool Hand Luke is a classic. You haven't seen it, so wait, how would you? What, it's new wait, to you. Wait, <laughs> stop, stop the presses. You've never seen Cool Hand Luke. He's, I'm about. He start, I'm about he, he's seen a good 20, 35 minutes what? of it. <laughs> you are the co-host of a movie podcast. Like we're get we're getting there, Aaron. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Pruner, we're getting there. Look, <laughs> just, all I gotta just, say just to is, recap, Aaron, just to, just to re- hold on, has, hold on, just to recap for you. That has changed my relationship with eggs. Go on. Let me let me recap <laughs> this for you. Abe started this movie in like what May, early June, ago? yeah, something like that. During during the time that he paused Cool Hand Luke, he watched all of Road to Perdition. Like, <laughs> look, we all have our priorities and our attention to self care in the pandemic. Okay? Not, not to mention, maybe, you know, the the, 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 the thirteen movies that he's watched for this show for his own perdition. Yeah, maybe. see, Aaron Pruner gets it. I really don't. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to get to these eggs. I'm trying to get to them. It would make I mean, that jackass. Was it a jackass episode or one of the jackass movies? That stunt with the eggs make much more sense to you. Yes. <laughs> just just to was be clear, just to be clear as well, it's not like he was disliking the movie. You were enjoying no, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Stop. I think, I, think I just took a nap. <laughs> hey, hey, no, no shame on naps, buddy. I, I understand how naps can change the dynamic of your life and yeah. the priorities in your world. You, he so. doesn't have a child. No he though. doesn't have no anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Aaron, what have you seen recently? Oh, we want to get to what I've seen? Uh, since I was absent last week, I got a few things here to go over. Uh, first up, though, I'll talk about the thing I watched last night, which is really good, called pa- The Paper Tigers. Have you have either of you guys seen this movie? I've heard yeah, of it. Not... Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. It, it's this martial arts, I guess martial arts comedy, although it's it's too it's too sincere for me to be like it's a laugh right because it's it's like there's fun there's humor in it, but it's a mar, it's a martial arts movie set like in modern times. It was made for like a low budget that had to get like kick get, like got a Kickstarter going just to like help it complete its funds because the the uh the writer director uh Kwakpa Tran the studio like was pressuring him was like we need to get get some white guys in here get Nicolas Cage and Bruce Willis he's like I want to make this about Asian Americans I don't want to like whitewash this thing but regardless it's about these three childhood friends that grew up 
uh, learning kung fu from their master. The master dies 30 years later when they're all, you know, in their 40s. So, Aaron, you would love this movie. And it's Thanks. it's about <laughs> it's it's about these guys coming back together to try to find out what happened to their master. And they've kind of, you know, they've lessened on their kung fu days. So, like, one of them's kind of forgotten it. Another one still does it but has, like, a bad knee. And the other one just, like, just is kind of disconnected from that world. It's very good. Like, it's a really sweet movie, despite it being, a, like, kind of a murder mystery. It's, like, it's about these three friends reconnecting and, like, re, re, rediscovering their the, the kind of love they had for kung fu when they were children. Uh, it's it's quite good. It's on Netflix now. Like, I've been wanting to see it and finally came to streaming. So, like, good. Now I have a chance to do it. And it's just, it's a very good movie. Very much recommended. Um, nice. Let's see. I watched uh, Beckett, the um, John David Washington Euro thriller that's also on Netflix. Um I enjoyed this movie. I wouldn't say it's great, but it for for like a what a, an hour and forty minute kind of wrong man movie. I like John David. Watt. I like the presence he brings to things. So I thought this one did a good job. It's, it's set in Greece. Um, you get a lot. There's a lot of emphasis on the kind of the the well the cinematography and the the landscapes. It's from the director's name. I don't have offhand, but it, he's a he's a protege of Luca Guadagnino. So it, I mean, it it has that kind of a, a very Here's specific. Perked again. Yeah, it it has a specific kind of feel. Um, it's a little thin, but as far as like one of these kinds of movies goes, it's it's enjoyable enough. I watched Annette, the um, new Leo Carax. Oh, the Sparks film. Brothers. Yeah, yeah. The, with uh, music and the story by the Sparks Brothers. Eric, did you see this one? I have not seen it. I mean, I've seen Sparks Brothers documentaries, uh, but uh, so I'm curious. Well, but... I'll I'll say this: watching that Sparks Brothers documentary fully prepared me for Annette, as far as the kind sure. of vibe they're going for. Uh, weird as hell it's it's you know it it's not like it's hard to like decipher as far as what's going on it just has a lot of that coffin it, level yeah yeah it has a very d- distinct tone that it's going for it stars adam driver and marion cotillard uh it's basically a star is born just done in a kind of bizarro gonzo way it's like if a star is born was directed by like terry gilliam like that's kind of the vibe that it's going for and it's a musical okay. obviously so then there's Lots of songs. Um, some of them are just kind of like talk singing songs, but it's almost like a near constant musical um, about this stand-up comedian played by Driver and an opera singer played by Cotillard who get who, who are in love and they have a child named Annette and things happen um, involving some people getting more popular than others and what have you. It's very weird, um, but I, you know, for, for being from the director of Holy Motors, I was into it. I dug what it was doing. Um, it's not for everybody, but I would say if you see the if you see the Sparks Brothers documentary from Edgar Wright, it's a good lead into watching a movie like this, which is going to be streaming on Amazon starting on the twentieth. So again, easy to watch if you want if you want to. I got I got I got one more thing I'll bring up. It's called Vivo. This is the speaking of musicals. It's the animated film with music and songs by Lin Manuel Miranda. He also voices Vivo. This uh, what is it? It's a it's a um, Kikachu, uh, not to be confused with Pikachu, a uh, small animal thing in Cuba. He he and his like his uh, his owner, I guess they uh, they perform songs and stuff on Cuba. The owner passes away, but there is this thing he wanted to do in Miami, and so Vivo goes on a mission to to get to this concert in time, and he's teamed up with a little girl who's related to the man that um, was his owner. I. Uh, I enjoyed this for the most part. 
I I was surprised that there is yet another Lin Manuel Miranda thing that came around this year. Um, well, it is honestly weird that it's like kind of seems like halfway between Luca and Encanto. Yeah, and, and the fact that it actually is coming out between them does seem just kind of a weird movie universe thing. It's like it was this planned? What's going on here? So yeah, yeah. I, I know it's like things got shifted, especially because it's Sony, so it got shifted around as far as like what they had planned to do. I'd imagine between that and Mitchell's yeah. versus the machines because they're both on Netflix now. Um, but I mean, as far as colorful musicals with songs and stuff goes, like I enjoy, I, I enjoyed my time with it. I'm not going to say it's you know, the most memorable of things, but I, I, I had a good time with Vivo. So there you go. All right. That's enough quickies. Let's move on. Now let's get to some trailer talk. We've got a couple of new movie trailers to talk this week and we'll talk about what we're thinking about them, what, when they're coming out and what have you. Uh, first up we have house of Gucci. This is, <laughs> the um the second of two Ridley Scott movies coming out in the next couple months. Uh it is set in nineteen ninety five and depicts the events leading up to spoilers for history, the murder of uh Maurizio Gucci, uh played by Adam Driver. The film also stars Lady Gaga, Al Pacino, Jeremy Irons, uh Jared Le- did I say Jared Leto, Jared Leto and Salma Hayek as the one person that didn't get a character poster. Um, the um, yeah, we got all all this stuff going on. Lots of Gucci, lots of accents. Eric, let's start with you. What uh, what are you thinking about the trailer for House of Gucci? Well, my first honest takeaway is that I think like someone needs to take Jared Leto aside and kind of have one of those Peter O'Toole conversations. Uh, just about maybe I don't know, learn how to act and not necessarily all need all of these accoutrements. As it were. Uh, so, I, like, yeah, I just look at him and I just think it just looks so goofy. Uh, that being said, Ridley Scott is, in, I mean, he, when he hits, it's um, it, it's awesome. When he misses, it's really disappointing. I think there's a lot of potential here. He obviously has, he loves history so much and there is a cool story for him to dig into with this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it and it obviously is uh, bleeding style. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Aaron, how about you? What are you thinking about House of Gucci? First time I saw this trailer, I thought it was a Ryan Murphy joint. <laughs> uh, and so then I watched it again before recording this. And yeah, the, uh, Jared Leto, like, was Stanley Tucci busy? Was Danny DeVito not available? It feels right. like uh, we're really reaching here. You know, the prosthetics look cool, but at what point does the actor just completely disappear and we're focused on the gimmicks and not the the actual performance, the performance. I don't, it, yeah it's distracting um and it's jared leto like i i don't know if i like him as a person and that shouldn't at all you know inform my enjoyment of a performance or a movie but yeah that was my first thing second thing was i'm i don't know man i'll watch it but it sort of feels like style over substance. It feels like way too, at least the trailer feels like just slathered with style, slathered with stylistic choices, Uh, you know, coming off of Halston on Netflix and whatever Ryan Murphy's doing, it feels, it felt like that to me. So initially I wasn't interested, so to speak, but watching the trailer again before recording this, it, it I'll, I'll pretty much see anything Adam Driver's in. And Lady Gaga has started to, uh, I don't know, convince me 
that she does have some pretty uh, solid talent as an actress. But fucking Jared Leto, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man, it's too much. It's just a little, it's just too much. He's got to relax. He's got to just do, do like think, a natural performance. Do you think to that it. it's, it's something where they know that his personality is so enigmatic that they were trying to put him on the same playing field as Al Pacino to also kind of have that same outward physical appearance as an Al Pacino. I mean, it's not, I, I don't think it's going character. past them in that regard. I mean, he did the thing. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah, clearly, not, I, I, let me, let me say this about what you're speaking to, but we'll talk about Jared Little also, but when you mention things like Ryan Murphy and like how this kind of reminds you something of that, that makes me think of something like Steven Spielberg doing Ready Player One in the world where we've had so many like sci-fi spectacle films, and it's like, well, let's let's see the beard do one of these and how he handles yeah. it. Yeah, right. And, and for one, for one thing, I really like Ready Player One, and or at the very least, I like how the action plays in those movies because Spielberg knows how to direct that kind of thing. I'd like to think that this will similarly have uh, that kind of feel, where it's like, yes, we've had a lot of recent TV shows that are you know, stylizing versions of history or what have you. I I would like to think that Ridley Scott not only knows how to do that because he's Ridley Scott, but could add a little bit more substance to that as well and not just make it look like people doing dress up. Um, so I, I am looking forward to it for that regard in that regard in terms of style. Yeah. It's a movie about Gucci. I would expect there to be very right. stylish. Um, it, it is also interesting to me that the last thing I saw that Ridley Scott was attached to was raised by wolves on uh, HBO, which is, such a different animal than this. So, I mean, that's kind of cool that he's showing his range. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I mean, and before that, it's, you know, he being obsessed with the alien world. And here's hoping he'll finish whatever he seemed to want to do with that. Well, uh, maybe yeah. Did you see not... Raised by Wolves? Cause yes, I did. Kind of, it, okay. Oh, it's very, it's very much the, like, it has him making aesthetic. aliens is like, I just like robots now. And he's like, oh, good. There's right. a show I can just do. With this. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go on, Abe, what, what did you think of the trailer for Gucci? Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much covered it. I mean, it's Lars flamboyant and it's about a rich family. I, I love the 80s and 90s aesthetic. Uh, great to see a Lamborghini Countach uh, pop up there. Sure. But I think that Aaron Pruner, you said it right. I mean, I'm pretty much going to see anything that Adam Driver is in. So I, regardless of, of how history is going to uh, play this out and how we all know the outcome, it's like, yeah, cool. Let's see Adam Driver uh overact or i'm sorry not overact but but outact uh, some of these <laughs> actors on the screen here oh let's be real here there's gonna be a bunch of scenery chewing in this movie absolutely oh for sure for it sure. has to i mean yeah yeah i i will add the jared leto thing because i know the you know the the counter to that is like well it's acting it's like well is it i mean it's i get it as far as he's wearing prosthetics and he looks the part but it's like could you name right now like today's William H. Macy or Steve Buscemi or whatnot? And my my thought is no, because we keep getting like people like this doing this thing that that's reserved for those actors, the character actors, not like the guys that want to show off with makeup. So it just I mean, kind of... what it should be is you should be able to act and transform yourself without the need of prosthetics or heavy makeup or just like any like things on your head. It's like, just, it's, I'm yeah. not even. I'm not even necessarily. And, and, and he I'm seems not even allergic a... to those roles. It just seems he's so constantly going to these kind of overstylized roles I'm, that I'm, it just. Yeah. I, I'm not against it as a whole either. It's just sure. look at what we're talking about. Like our focus is primarily on this supporting role compared to the actual <laughs> main characters, and it, it feels the same thing as like 
that like the whole Dear Evan Hansen thing as far as it's not that it's bad that an older person's playing the role. It's you look distractingly older than everybody else. Right. It's right. affecting the rest of the movie because we can't stop focusing on this one aspect of it instead of blending into the film like it's supposed to. So that's, and that can be bad. That can really end up like being problematic. So, so mm-hmm. I, I'd yeah. like to hope that this can pass with Leto, and there's enough going on with the accents with everybody else where we're like, yeah, it all works. <laughs> and with it being sure. Ridley Scott, I kind of think it will. So, I mean, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious if he will, if there is going to be a kind of sense of humor to it, if there is going to be I any mean, level. You don't get of these guys to do these ridiculous accents of being like, yeah, but it's serious. I mean, it's gonna be. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I'm saying Ridley Scott has been known to take things very seriously. So, I mean, I, I hope so. I hope so. One day we'll all watch The Counselor again and be like, you know what? This movie's actually pretty funny, and it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Our, uh, House of Gucci arrives in theaters November 24th, so just in, just in time for Turkey Day. <laughs> Great. Let's, That's uh, what we'll all be family. talking around the it's table. It's all about family. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the next trailer. This is for Malignant. This is the upcoming James Wan film. He's taking a break from pre- filming presumably one of the most expensive films of all time with Aquaman 2 uh, to making a back-to-basics horror film. It stars Annabelle Wallace uh, playing a character who has shocking visions of horrible murders um that are tormenting her and she's trying to find the truth or something i'm not exactly sure uh, as far as what these stories trying to be and i think the marketing's kind of being purposely vague on that front but with that said aaron what'd you think of the trailer for malignant okay so um i am really appreciative and drawn to horror films that are about adults reconciling childhood trauma mm-hmm. and i got that from this trailer um, if it's done right and it's James Wan, like I, I'm there. I'm totally going to go see this. I'm happy that we're still getting original horror stories being told. I know that there's like IPs being recycled or new sequels coming out, but um, it's actually something that is at the forefront of my mind. It's what I do. It's what I talk a lot about on my podcast. I'm currently trying to write a memoir, which also explores this. I, and so seeing this theme explored in different types of ways and how i don't know how 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 holding on to something bad that happened in the past and the ways that it can resurface in your life in the present and how it can damage those around you i find it uh um fascinating and cathartic if it's done right i hope that's what this movie's about because that's what i got from the trailer well, what a thoughtful and insightful answer you gave us to the trailer thoughts on malignant. Um, and, I, and I appreciate what you had to say about that. I, I am intrigued for similar reasons. Bet as well. you didn't expect thoughtful shit to come out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, I, I think you can do what you put your mind to, Aaron. And I, I agree with the things that you're saying, because I am looking forward Thanks, to this movie. For, Dad. I, I, I am looking forward to this movie for similar reasons as far as what this plot appears to be and how it's... Uh, approaching the idea especially you know especially involving adults and what have you and james wan in the horror realm um i think he certainly has a he has he has a sense of um i don't know togetherness as far as like how he assembles these casts and like what it means to kind of explore the ideas that are tormenting everyone and you know adding that to his significant amount of style that he places on things so uh, i i i, I want to look forward to this i it, it's it's just kind of arriving and uh, you know, I feel like, you know, like Insidious and Conjuring seem to have like more buzz leading up to it. Granted, you know, we're not in an area where 
things can build buzz the same way just because of the nature of how things are being released these days. But still, I'm looking forward to it because it's a James Wan horror film, which I generally would. But Abe, where are you at with Malignant? Yeah, I mean, James Wan making a new horror film is is all that I really need to hear because we've enjoyed all of his movies in the past. Um, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. You know, screen suspense and screen ambiance and kind of just translating that over into a viewer sitting in a in a dark theater or in a dark home. Uh, depending on, on how safe you are. Uh, but I am looking forward to what, what Aaron Pruner was mentioning about. I wonder what this is going to try and reveal to me, like, you know, mm-hmm. past childhood traumas or what have you. Like, I'm not a huge fan of going back and watching the videotape and then realizing that you've been haunted by somebody your whole life and you just forgot about it as an adult. And James Bond is really good at making you remember those things. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of excited to check it out. Eric, how about you? What are you thinking on Malignant? I'm in the same camp as a lot of you guys, or all you guys, I guess, because it's really unanimous. But uh, one thing I'll even just throw into the mix there is the fact that I love that James Wan didn't have to make this movie. Like, he Uh easily could have jumped from Annabelle, or Annabelle, Jesus, Aquaman to Aquaman 2. But he wanted to make a horror movie in between, and that by itself just really excites me because, yeah, he is an incredibly talented filmmaker. Honestly, when I watch horror trailers, I almost immediately try and forget everything that I've seen just because Mm -hmm. they are so naturally spoilery because the stuff that they want to tease you with in the trailers is the stuff that, like, is the big surprises on the screen. But there are some shots within there that, like, I mean, like, the one that immediately pops to mind is just... uh, the imaginary friend, quote unquote, uh, doing the crawl up the chimney, uh-huh. which I can't tell if he's backwards or forwards. And that by itself, that questioning by itself uh, makes me just freaked out. So, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm into it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, you're not going to have to wait that long to see it because it arrives in theaters and on HBO Max simultaneously on September 10th. Boy, do Look, I want to see I, it I in a crowded some, theater. I, Please. I hear some condescension in your voice about it opening on HBO Max. I just would like to say something here. For all of the stay-at-home parents who are stuck at home and can't get out and go see a rated R movie or a horror film or just any movie in particular, I see you. I will say I 100% sympathize with that. But at the same time, being a horror fan, of course, you recognize the incredible experience that is seeing a horror film with a crowded theater. I do. Okay. I'll just add. That's all. That's I'll, all. I'll just add that I wasn't being condescending towards the concept okay. of the film playing in multiple things. It's more the way that they advertise things by saying the words simultaneously when uh, they do the ad read in the commercials. It humors. Aaron, me. I was giving you shit. I know. <laughs> okay. I, I can take it. I can also just justify things. That's all. Do we need to remind everyone of uh, our own brand, our own show that has never aired? This is Black Aaron and the Jew. We're we're back again, buddy. <laughs> One day this mythical show will exist in some form, and it's going to be – it's going to take over the charts. It. We already have a slogan for the poster. Yeah, it's it's great. We're, we can't we can't reveal all the secrets right away, though. No, we can't. But this joke has been <laughs> – this joke has been ongoing now for almost a decade. Almost a decade. So, yeah, almost a decade. <laughs> Black Aaron and the Jew, the show that's back, never happened yet. Back when I first met you at Geek Nation, of all places. <laughs> so thank you for humoring me. For sure. Well, speaking of humoring. And no way does this speak of humoring. But we are going to continue talking about horror because we're going to talk about the first film here. Uh, Don't Breathe 2. Failed. The gun is in my hand. Sorry. I'll make it next time. 
You almost got me, didn't you, boy? We had a lot of fun today. I could take her again next week. No. Home safe. That should have been some of the trailer for Don't Breathe 2. 2016's Don't Breathe was an original horror film that rode into theaters coming off a lot of buzz from its South by Southwest premiere. The sequel picks up nearly a decade after the first film with Stephen Lang's blind man Norman Nordstrom now raising a young orphan girl, Phoenix, in a new secluded home. One night, a group of seedy criminals invade Norman's home, leading to him and Phoenix having to protect themselves through various stages of hiding and taking action. However, these intruders have an ulterior motive, which involves revealing certain truths about Norman to his adopted daughter. Aaron, where were you with the first Don't Breathe, and what did you think of this sequel? Oh, you didn't say that I had to actually have seen the first one. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you for a moment. Uh, in 2016, I was deeply embedded in writing about television uh-huh. and never made it to the movie theater to see the first one. The second – the only reason why you saw me in that theater the other night is because I got a last-minute assignment from IGN to review the movie. This is and interesting. This gives us a great perspective on how you I would view this movie. I love this perspective. Then. Yeah, yeah and, I, absolutely. And, and so – so I'm sitting there and I'm like, do I even bother watching the first one? I heard about the first one. I reminded, you know, I read up on it and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go into the sequel. Not really knowing well, much let me about ask you, it. Let me ask you a different question then. So I want to know what you thought of the movie, but do you know the nature of what Stephen Lang's character was going through or what he was doing in that first film before oh, yes. you saw this movie? Okay. So you, you have like an idea of what he's all oh, about. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And I, the, the, my first thought of it was, um, before even going into this, I'm like, are they gonna try to redeem the toxic, the toxic, old, uh, white, uh, muscular, perverted, pedophile, rapist male character? And I don't so you did watch the a... first one. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you have a pretty good idea. Also, and... spoilers for Don't Breathe 2016, by the way. <laughs> I think we'll pass that. Yeah. So, uh. That you know, I went in with no expectations, and the movie definitely slid all the way underneath my low expectations. But um, I didn't see the first one. Okay. So I hope that answers your question. It does. I'm coming in with such insightful feedback and criticism. You asked me to come on this. You know, I'm not just just a typical uh, film critic, but I do appreciate the time. And the platform to just ramble about shit. But yeah, no, I I uh, I heard that the first one was really good. Well, and give, give, um, us, give us a little bit more before we move on to to, to Eric here what his thoughts were. But what, what any general thoughts on Don't Breathe Two? Uh, the whole time I'm watching the movie in that theater, I just I I don't know if you saw my reactions because you said you saw me. Um, and, and as we all know, that I, I constantly stare at one yeah. person's head right. from the back oh, I, for the majority of screenings that I go to. That's our show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I kept saying what the fuck out loud. I kept finding myself saying what the fuck out loud. I don't understand the point of the movie. I, 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 I didn't understand why why we were sitting here watching this story. I didn't understand how it was supposed to build out anything further aside from, I guess, as a dad, I now see father storylines and things, and I I hone in on those, and the idea of him becoming a father, even if it wasn't the uh, quote-unquote normal or expected way of doing so, being what redeemed him and saved his soul, so to speak, 
But aside, aside from that little glimmer, that little nugget, I didn't understand what the fuck I was watching or why I was watching it. All right. Well, Eric, I do know that you have seen the first film. So where are you yes. with this film, that film versus what we had here? So I really like 2016, the 2016 Don't Breathe, honestly. And what I honestly like, the thing that I appreciate most about it is the fact that you have this movie where you have these three home invader protagonists who break into this house. Your instinct is to say that the old veteran, old blind veteran who lost his daughter and is just sitting on a million dollars in this ugly house in Detroit is the victim that that guy is going to be a sympathetic character. And it's impressive how over the course of this film, the tables or the, uh, the tables completely turn. Like you understand, Oh wow. No, this guy is not sympathetic at all. He is a complete monster and I wish death upon him. So to bring us to then get to don't breathe Two, where I think to myself, okay, well this movie is focusing on the irredeemable, horrible monster. Certainly what I'm going to experience watching this film is it's going to tell me up front, oh, wow, are they trying to make me sympathize with the horrible, ugly monster? But then by the third act, show me something deeper that suggests, oh, no, you're not supposed to sympathize with this monster because he is exactly the guy that you think that he is. And no. That is not what this movie is. This movie is, oh, look at the, the old rapist playing with the puppy. Isn't he so cute that he doesn't want to kill dogs, but he is willing to rape women? <laughs> That's amazing. It's it's seriously, like, I, I, I don't know why. It, I, I, I wrote about this in my review on Cinnablend. It's just, it, it feels like such a wrong-headed approach where, like, I, there is no redeeming this character. He is horrible. And why not lean into that? Why try and tell a story where he is not the, like, where he, act, like, is actually not the sympathetic character and you add something complex? And instead, uh, and this is, again, echoing what Aaron said, that the third act of this movie is ludicrous it is so insane <laughs> yeah. and stupid and i don't un like I, I know we avoid spoilers on this uh, on this uh podcast so i won't but oh man does it just go off the deep end into an empty pool which ironically is one of the <laughs> set pieces for look the what you just so, did yes. love it yeah. accidental totally backed into that i will yeah, say that's not in your article eric i don't want to read it <laughs> it's not. Sorry, I, I, I will say that you know the the there are there are things that happen throughout this movie where you see detroit and how decrepit detroit is and i'm like are they trying to somehow convey a message of the american dream and how the american dream died and you got these military thugs and you got this former navy seal and the the twist that you're referring to at the end i'm like are they trying to say something bigger here? Like, is because I couldn't figure it out. I kept trying to figure it out. That's why I kept saying to myself, what is the point of this movie? Like, I, and I, then I don't think it's smart enough to be saying those things, by the way. Well, <laughs> maybe. Well, OK. See, that's why I'm saying I went in with low expectations, but then I was trying to, like, dig deeper to find what the, you know, any sort of glimmer of like, what am I watching? I will say mm -hmm. Brendan Sexton III, uh, we were just talking about Jared Leto, and now watching this dude, he was definitely a, a laughable creep, and I'm wondering if he could uh, fix that performance 
with some prosthetics. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk more. We'll talk more about him soon. But first, I want to hear from Abe. I, Abe, as I recall, you like me were a big fan of 2016's "Don't Breathe." Where did you fall with this film? Yeah, I, li- I like "Don't Breathe." I guess the first one, the third act, kind of was was more of like a, a stomach churner than more it takes of like a choice. A, yeah, <laughs> certainly. Uh, sure. rather than being like super susceptible throughout the whole entire movie. I, I agree with Eric that at least the first one, it went on like a singular plot point and just kept going with it with revealing things as you go along there. Um, with this one, I, yeah, it, it really does. You just mentioned that it takes a choice. It This one is weird because it really does take its own choice as well. I, I don't think that it really works out because it we've learned about this blind man in his home in, you know, uh, suburban Detroit, and we don't like him. Or or he's done things to people that have been cruel and unusual, and, and here we are as uh, introduced to him. And I was like, I, as the movie opens, I was like, did, did the house burn down and there was a girl that ran away? Uh, but then, you know, I guess same thing with the first one in media res kind of thing. But I think that the further we go on with this movie – and more characters are introduced and things kind of become a little bit more twisty. Um, the more I was like, I don't know what's going on here to such a degree that I was like, do I even care about anybody on the screen? And largely no, 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 no. because like even the little girl who was just like, I'm going to go to like, I'm going to go to the orphanage. Like she literally just like wants to live in an orphanage rather than like live anywhere else. And I was like, well, I well, she guess wants that friends. she's cool. She wants outside contact. She wants friends and she wants, wants like community and school. But I, I think that beyond uh, beyond her like kind of getting to where she needs to go to, uh, there was nothing really that interesting about this movie. Like not even the suspenseful parts are as good as as the first one. And so I, I don't know how you go from taking like two people that worked on the first one and they're just like, hey, let's just t- spin it on its head. And let's make this movie where he is kind of like a, an antihero and let's just follow him. It's like, yes, but you guys remember that you guys actually wrote that first one, too, right? So it's a weird concept for us to go through and follow along with this person. And, and Aaron Pruner, you mentioned it, too. Like, it seems as though Detroit's just like RoboCop Detroit now where everybody's a bad guy. Um, but well, they also I, filmed in Serbia, which is also yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the I, Detroit I, of the I East. Yeah, so I love that in the credits where it's like, oh, I guess Serbia looks like Detroit. So well, they filmed like Crawl in Serbia too, right? Like it's just a place to go for you know these horror yeah. movies about decrepit old neighborhoods. Right. right. But overall, it, the details are not as good as the first one, where you know they really took into uh, account the whole entire. If you breathe, he can use his four other senses to really get you. And there's there's really not as much suspense uh, as the first one either. So it kind of just works out to be just like um, like an, a really just nonsensical sequel. I'll um, echo a lot of the thoughts here, and I will say that 2016's Don't Breathe holds up well. I watched it recently again because I hadn't seen it since we reviewed it basically back in 2016. And um, it's a it's a solid, well-done movie. I For the most part, or at least for his horror films, I've liked what Fede Alvarez has done because I really like the Evil Dead remake and I liked Don't Breathe. Wasn't as big on the his girl with the girl in the spider's web movie, his franchise play. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, but um, I mean, I if Fede Alvarez continues directing horror stuff, or in general, like I'm not gonna hold one film against him. Like I, I tend, I, I, I want to see what he does. Here though, him being swapping places with his uh, co-writer and and uh, producer, um, Roto Sa- Saegas. Um, yeah, and this is his first 
movie he's ever directed. His first directed film, yeah. I right. I can immediately see the difference as far as just yeah. how things are handled, and that's and not necessarily in a good way. Cards on the table. I did interview the sound team for this movie, which is going to be coming oh in wow, up, it's coming in an upcoming variety article um, coming this week. So. I'll say this: the sound is good in this movie. I'll point that out because I, I don't think it, I don't think it fails in that regard. I think it knocks the, uh, you know, what it needs to out as far as the sounds of hammers coming down or what have you. But in terms of this film, I, I was, I was convinced that this was going to be smarter. I thought that while right. we're seeing a preview that shows us the blind man once again being involved in a thing, but this time we're turning the tables. I felt the marketing was like, okay, clearly it must be holding back something because. Why would a movie want us to be rooting for this awful character that's done terrible things? I was very much wrong in that regard, because that's not the movie we got. We got a straightforward revenge thriller that puts us in the shoes of a man who's done horrible things, but we're now supposed to root for him. And I'm not I'm not sure why that seemed like it's okay enough for us to go along with, because that just gave me an uneasy feeling throughout the movie. Like... There are things here and there that work as far as like set piece moments, seeing Norman go up against these pretty dumb villains that we're seeing. There's some, there's some clever moments in there, but for the most part, along with not being convinced that the, this choice for the character was right, I'm also dealing with, like I mentioned, really dumb villains where the first one had smart characters. I like that the first one had the three characters, came to two eventually pretty quickly, but it had those characters who are fairly intelligent on what they're trying to do as far as escaping the house and like what how to like what laws and whatnot they're worried about breaking like there's a lot of good talk about there's like good dialogue there versus this other man who has clearly you know he's blind but he's getting all spelled around it was a good cat and mouse chase it was something that like worked really well Mm -hmm. this doesn't have that this just feels like this feels like the bad version of like movies that try to be aliens where you know the first one's one threat and then the next one's like a bunch of the same threat but Ideally, you still want to make that, you know, terrifying in some way or not make it seem like it's overpowered. This, you just have like a bunch of like creepy dudes that are, they're both like, they have weaponry, but they're just really dumb. They're walking into places by themselves. They're saying stupid things. The dialogue. Well, I think that goes to what Abe was saying about Mm -hmm. just not, no sympathetic characters to be found in this, in this movie. Like, you know, like I, I respect the fact that like, they're, with a sequel, they're not trying to do the exact same thing. Right. Which, uh-huh. Like, I mean, on a thin level, they kind of are because you are still dealing with the home invasion yeah. setup. But yeah, but the answer to not doing the same thing is to not just drain all of personality out of the home invaders. Like in, in the notes that I was taking while watching the film, like I didn't know how to identify them because I was like, I can't call one blonde because I was going to say there's the blonde one. one. <laughs> so like, yeah, and there's I guess big guy and. Uh, like and I guess like yeah so I mean throughout that like I just it, it, it you, you know how bland just, they are you know how bland they this. are you know how bland the bad guys are there's one of the bad guys was in the first movie and I didn't realize that at all and I just watched the first movie same character <laughs> yeah like it, uh, it's really? like it's like the fence that was finding the jobs for 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 um Jane Levy and the other guy not Logan is it Logan Lerman um. Is Logan Norman in the first one? Or is one no, of the it's other, not like, Logan Norman. It's, it's the other one. The, Who's the other kid? No, it's the yeah. other one. The guy, the kid that was in Thirteen Reasons Why. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, him. Yeah, they you know, have, you know, speaking on the whole. They're both skinny thing, white I kids with dark hair. Like, they, they look very similar. <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing that I just kept going back to was I don't believe Dylan that, Minnette. Uh, Sorry, that was his name. I don't believe that the blind man and the girl have a relationship. Like I felt like. 
there was no real believable chemistry between them. And if there are the foundation, the emotional foundation of the story, you lost me. Like, it didn't feel like they worked on their character connection at all. That well, was where I just dropped well, out. Also, I feel like the movie has a responsibility, given what it ends up doing, to say, like, maybe this girl is... I mean, like, again, I don't understand why you tried to make this a sympathetic character, but if that's the route that you're going with, there is a degree where I have to watch this film and say, you know what, maybe Phoenix is better off with him. Yeah. Never th- thought that for even a second. Like, yeah. she's no. been, like she's just running her through survivalist well, drills, that, never letting thing. her out of the house. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, I, and Abe, you, we've talked about this before, like, and I tend to mention this. I don't want to like write the other movie or say like what it should have done, but it's like there seems to be a clear opportunity for these creepy guys to come in and like their their objective isn't what it actually is in the film. Like, it sh- it seems like it should be. Like they, you know, they they're connected to like the home invasion from the first movie, or it's like they knew one of the guys that got killed, and they're here to like, you know, take him well, on I or mean, something because they because they know about who Norman really is. Instead, right. it's like Expose some like yeah. instead because that's what I thought. I thought that was what because obviously these guys came here for a reason, and so we're sitting right. for like an hour of this movie waiting to find out what that reason is. And by the time we do, it's just like it's nothing it's some other thing it's some it's other insane. that like takes it in a and different direction yeah and it's, I mean, and it's, it really and it's dumb insane. for but one I it's will a dumb say, reason also but uh, it's like i i kept thinking clearly do these guys know him specifically because that would make a lot of sense to me and the fact that they don't it's like that this is why you're here <laughs> and then say, it goes a step you know, further as far as why they want the daughter to begin with it's like what yeah <laughs> the lack of real connection to the first movie helped me a lot I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was, that's why I'm thinking. Like, even if, if you knew even less, if if you walked into this movie not knowing anything about the first movie at all, d- despite the You're fact fine. that it's a dumb movie on its own without You're that, there's still yeah. you'd still have like you, you wouldn't have that uneasy feeling of there's a horrible rapist that we're following. Like that wouldn't be in your mind constantly, like it is for everybody that saw the first movie. Well, he's like an abductor and a rapist. Is like, it's a weird thing. I mean, I, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the top well, of the pyramid like is the rapist. Off, at the rapist, don't thing. breathe halfway through. Because, like, again, like that's the one of the best things about that movie is the fact mm-hmm. that like there is a development of perspective on who that guy is, mm-hmm. and it's just weird that it ignores well, yeah. second and a half. It it also like the first one also allows you to have like the some evasion thing, but then it also becomes like uh, the collector type where it becomes a, yeah. a a house of horrors. Yes, and it's just like okay, cool. As I'm as more things are revealed, then you know like why are they screaming at me not to go in the basement? I'm like I don't want to go in the basement either, guy. Um, <laughs> and in this one, it's just like okay, well we're gonna take. I was like, why is the set piece happening so early in this movie? And I was like, then clearly it's not the end of the movie. And yes, it happens. There's not a whole lot that actually happens within the house. I guess they. You know, to everybody's point here, you can't replay the first movie and, and just expect that the same results kind of thing. But it Although I guess it doesn't uh, a lot of horror it, movies do like, that. It has like two or three like memorable bits as far as like the girl goes inside of a box at one point to hide, and that leads to some things that are interesting enough. I mean, that, there, but that was, I, mean like... to the, I mean, to even that though, like I'm disappointed that like you spend the first act of this movie telling me that she's been going through these survivalist drills. She does these acrobatics as she's like sneaking around the house, trying to get around these home invaders. And then it ends Which up being the film's being highlight. Nothing. That's the, the highlight yeah. is that yeah. one, that one or that one or through that. Use house. It. Right. it doesn't well, go well, past that, which yeah. is it, well, it, the rest of the movie. She's just a victim, which mm-hmm. again, sucks when you're trying to, when you're searching for literally any sympathetic character to latch onto yeah. in this film. 
like it, it sucks when you put her in a box and just i mean it's also yeah. hilarious because like what what you learn later in the movie and it's like this guy was gonna put a live wire in a box yeah, it doesn't yeah girl. there's a there's and a i was right. like this doesn't make any fucking sense it's, at all it's so. a really dumb movie what in about that the regard real quick real quick real quick it's like that specific sequence and it many are like that but what what adds to it is that the movie's delaying it's only doing that for you the audience member there's no right. reason these things should happen except because we don't know exactly what the what the motives are yet so it's a cheat are you talking about like a screwdriver and a piece of glass is no it's just like the the no, idea of no, like okay. threat the, the idea of threatening the girl where it's like right. we eventually know why they want what they want to do with the girl but it's like well why did this happen earlier because we're not supposed to know what they want yet not so only that's, that that's but there's like, actually well i mean i'll even throw into the conversation like the introduction of brandon section the third's character yes, uh, yeah. meeting her in the bathroom yeah, like when exactly, you think about yeah. that it's like wow that's a well, terrible I mean, introduction for like, the character as as i was watching the movie i was like you know a lot of this could have been resolved by just using words and talking <laughs> right <laughs> uh, but you know I, I guess you don't want to do that you just want to home invade this guy and you know and the other thing i thought about was like how does this girl explain to any authority figure like what just happened in a 20 in like a 12 hour sequence well she doesn't have so, to she just you know moves on with her life I guess. yeah she just <laughs> like yeah i'm here now That's my name is phoenix right. yeah but i i wanted to ask you guys about um sort of like i guess the the blindness aspect it wasn't really played up as this one as much was it like no, did you and in fact, actually, and like... there are even moments where I'm just like, oh, you're really pushing what this guy is able to do. Also, mm -hmm. considering the fact that he is, what, a 60, 70-year-old man? Mm -hmm. uh, there, yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely does not take advantage of it in the same way. Well, it doesn't because it, it, it's that thing where it's like it's trying not to repeat itself, but by doing that, sure. it's trying to go in different directions that just don't really suit what this villain's supposed to be, or anti-hero now. And that's the problem, by making him this kind of, you know, he's the one you're rooting for you're downplaying the things that make him unique to begin with there are ways to make an anti-hero out of a horror villain i've seen i mean look at like chucky or freddy krueger like you don't necessarily like that or like them to accomplish what they're going for but there's a charisma about them that's Absolutely. that's not what this is like Nor norman no. nordstrom's not supposed to be this guy you're rooting for to accomplish what he wants you should you should be constantly terrified of him and want him to never succeed at what he does but the movie yeah. mistakes thinking he's an he's an we gotta we gotta get this guy going in this direction and i was like no you do not need to do that you need to do anything else let alone not make the sequel because it just doesn't make any sense to have one to begin with mm -hmm. you know he voted for trump right <laughs> Um, there's a lot of convenience in this movie, by the way. The the idea, sure. I mean, there's a point where Norman has to basically find where he needs to go next. And yeah. <laughs> oh man. The, the only way that makes sense, as far as a movie that takes place within a single night, is that apparently the villains are pretty much like a few miles away, which makes yeah. me wonder. Why did it take eight years to find this girl they're going for? Like, what's going on here? Well, he said uh, he was in jail for eight years. Did he say he was in jail? Okay. Brendan Sexton. Okay, there's a little bit of explanation, because I've been wondering that for days. Like, why did it take so long? Even then, it's like, they still, like, he just lives, like, right there? Like, that's, that's, that's what that... Also, even then, how did he find her to begin with? Like, did he just, just, just patrol bathrooms waiting for a little Honor girl that right. maybe reminds her of his daughter? To oh, man. Right. I mean, yeah, how would you do it? <laughs> 
Like, that is the most uh-huh. nonsensical opening so, scene for that character. It makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. Uh. And I, I think the only, the, like, the only moral takeaway I had was, like, never kill a man's dog. Because <laughs> they will come help. Back. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, sure. don't, don't mess with Shadow or John Wick's dog. Were there anything in the positives, guys, as far as, like, what you felt like? I mean, Steve, like, Stephen Lang, I know we've already commented on, like, how much the blindness plays into this, but, I, like, he does bring an imposing presence, right? I think, I yeah. think that's fair to say. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I mean, it's just not well utilized. I mean, I, I, as someone who can appreciate a good bit of gore, I will say, like, there uh-huh. is some, like, very, like, ooh, moments. That's like, a good shovel smack. Yeah. yeah. The, so, um, and, it, and it gets creative. We've talked about the ending vaguely as far as how ridiculous it gets, but... Oh, boy. And there was... I mean, the three of us were all on the same screening. There was a lot of laughter going on oh, in, yeah. in that, in yeah. that final, well, like, 15 very, minutes. It's unintentionally funny. And it's, yeah, uh, it, exactly. Yeah. I, and I can't imagine any filmmaker who's involved with it would, like, would have sat in that theater, and they would have been horrified well, by our reaction. I do wonder, because it's, you know, it's produced by Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert, the guys that, sure. you know, they made Evil Dead. I can't imagine them looking at this and not having a smile, you know, a twinkle in their eye or a smile on their face as some of some of the things that happen happen. Like, there's... I mean, I guess I wish that that was more on screen. Then, if you are trying mm-hmm. to wink at me, wink at me. Don't just like present it on sure. screen and say, "Oh no, that was meant to be funny." Well, I think the, I think the problem is that the the re- like aspects of the movie are so serious. So if you have another element that involves like, for example, and I won't get too far into it, but a person attached to handcuffs that then has to remove them in some way. That's inherently that's funny to me. Like that, I do think there's a there's a well, dark I mean, uh, there's yeah, a dark I mean, sense of humor to that. But at the same time, you have you know like a fight to the death going on like right next to this set piece. So it's like there's no the balance isn't good here as far as making that work in my eyes. I don't think the balance is good throughout the entire thing. Oh you yeah, know, it's a bad movie. You're speaking that's of why. that scene, <laughs> I again and and maybe it's just uh, the actors involved. I didn't believe the stakes were real. I just it did it did. I was gonna say stakes. Yeah. It felt like they were just going through choreography, and maybe that that's chalked up to budget or scheduling or whatever. There were there were pieces in this movie where I noticed they had CGI fire at the beginning, and at the end I could swear I saw some CGI tears falling from a character's face. You weren't imagining. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you for the clarity. I, saw them yeah, too. I was like, mm, yeah, this is not a good move. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that the embargo lifted barely even a day before the movie came out, like it feels to me like they knew that they had something that was going to thud upon arrival. Um, I'm trying to think of positives here, dude. Like, uh, it's fine if you can't. I'm just asking. I don't know. Some of the fight choreography was interesting, I guess. I mean, I, I, I like that. Like the, I mean, I do think the scene at the box is silly, but the the fight between big guy and and Stephen Lang, I do think yeah. works as far as what it's going for. Like, there's something there mm-hmm. as far as seeing a everything out of that big guy's mouth was hilarious. Yes. Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> no guns. Smart move. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I, I mean, we talked briefly, but there is that one shot that has the girl kind of moving around the house, tra- silently avoiding the people. I like, appreciated yeah, that. I yeah, wish there cool. was, I wish there was more of that. Like the There's first, more of yeah, it. that's really Eric was mentioning. It's like, why would you have all the survival training if like we're only gonna see it in the first five minutes of the movie? Like the first movie does have like a lot of good bits, like that are. That, you know, that play with, obviously, the surroundings. There's things like, you know, somebody on glass that has to move very carefully, which is kind of repeated in this movie for a bit. There's a there's a whole sequence that's literally in the dark that's shot with night right. vision cameras. That's, that's like, that's like the centerpiece of the movie as far as the, yeah. um, 
like the, right. like the visual inspirations going on there. Like there's some really cool stuff there. I wish this one had, you know, any of that going on. And, right. I, and, I, and that's why I was asking is like, you know, the blindness aspect is not really played up in this one, but yeah, those set pieces in the first one, like there's even a, a scene where they're just in the laundry room. Right. Uh-huh. And yeah. And yeah. Dylan that has to like use the advantages that he has knowing sounds and whatever else just to like move around in it. So it's kind of like a neat thing to see. Whereas this one's just like, he seems to have extra sensory superpowers now that he didn't have before. Whereas like, he's moving a lot faster. He moves, um, he can proverbially like see more things. Um, and it just really didn't, it just takes it for granted. Like the good thing that you have, it's taking it for granted thinking, well, we can justify it by the fact that you just assume that it works. But it's like, no, it's, that's the good stuff to see. It's seeing that happen. So it's, that, yeah. that's why I think like the first one with its pacing, it kind of allowed you to be like, okay, cool. Well, these guys are totally screwed in this house because they're moving so slowly and everything has kind of moved so slowly. There's also this like dog on the loose that's going to attack him. And this one's just like, cool, let's just get to where we need to go with the second part of this movie where we're all in agreement. It was like, what the fuck, guys? Like, you know, and also there's like a reveal with like a, a shadowy wheelchair thing. And I was like, I don't think I want to see this. And I was like, oh, OK. All right. So, yeah, I mean, between all of the things that we've already identified as problems, along with the fact that none of us can get behind the idea of making Norman into an anti, it's like, what do you got left? And yeah, there's just not much. So. I, yeah. I don't want to keep going. We got we to gotta move on to another movie, let alone games and everything. So in, any other last thoughts on Don't Breathe 2? Yes, nitpick. How do you – I know the Pythagorean theorem. How does somebody cross from two edges as quickly as they could to try and stab somebody else? That doesn't make any sense for me. <laughs> it was clear that she left in a different direction already. She used a Mario tube. <laughs> okay. She's got tunnels. <laughs> came back up okay well when should people go and see don't breathe too if anywhere it's currently playing in theaters only aaron when should people see this movie wait what are you asking me why should people see no, this movie no, I was saying, when oh, should okay. people see this movie should they see it at home should they just rent it should they not bother at all should they never see it oh uh when you're about four whiskeys in and are like <laughs> fuck the world put it on it'll i don't know make you feel better about your own existence fair enough eric I mean, honestly, I feel like it's purely skippable. Just watch the first movie and be happy with that it's existing. Yeah. Abe? Yeah, this on our scale, this would be like on TNT with commercials. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys there. There's not a real reason to watch this instead of just watching Don't Breathe Again and then like some other home invasion movie that's leagues better. Um, so, yeah. All right. Or watch Empire Records or Welcome to the Dollhouse for some. <laughs> there you go. Well, watch yeah. watch, watch Session yeah. 9 then <laughs> if you want to talk horror and Brexton, Brandon Yeah, Session there you third. go. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our review for Don't Breathe 2. Before we get to our next review, I know Aaron has to go soon. So we're going to play one of our. Uh, Abe, what are we going to do right now? We're going to yeah, play a quick like, game here. It's 20 after 9 p.m. <laughs> that is the sound that means it's my bedtime how did you get that noise we've been watching you for your documentary yeah you, you, oh, met, right, you mentioned the commentary, the commentary. We, yeah. we've already we, kind we've of started, already started doing started. that yeah. yeah okay you know ed wood we base it off of your life <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's pretty accurate i'm right. sorry ed tv not ed i was like ed wood <laughs> <laughs> i guess ed wood sense. maybe too we'll, we'll get johnny depp cameo all right the first game i have is called and i'm free free guy 
And it's, of course, yeah. a game focused yeah. on anti-heroes um, who are able to be free and do the things that they need to do. I am mm-hmm. uh, going to... I have. There's two options for this, um, for most of these. I have either a tagline or a quote from a movie that stars an anti-hero character. Got it. Uh, so I'm going to read one of those things and once you guys start complaining you can choose which one uh, you want to do um, but if you feel you know what movie i'm referring to buzz them with your name and then think if you say the answer i'm gonna lose okay well aaron I'll, i'm gonna give you the i'm gonna give you the honor Wait, of, am of... i supposed to buzz in with my first and last name because that's how i've been addressed this entire time like i feel like i'm, aaron, I'm being punished in class just say aaron. Oh, okay I, yeah i'm not playing so it's easier that way but I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the uh, the on the honor of picking the first thing. Do you want the tagline or the quote? God, what pressure! Uh, <laughs> give me the quote. Okay, this might be fast. So remember, buzzing off your name. The quote is, "You talking to me?" Eric. Aaron. Dirty I heard Harry. Eric. Dirty Harry. It, incorrect. Wait. Taxi driver. Oh shit! Jesus Taxi Christ. driver is the correct yeah. answer. Damn. I okay. Well, wow, that was embarrassing. It's all right. It's okay. Cool. I thought Dirty Harry too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Aaron on the board. All right, next one. Aaron, you won that round. So do you want again? Do you want the quote or the tagline? Shit. Give me a quote. All right. Here's the quote. My motto is: If you want to win the lottery, you've got to make the money to buy a ticket. No idea. Oh. You've got to make the money Eric. to buy a ticket. Eric. Wait. Shit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to win the lottery, you got to make the money to buy a ticket. I know. Well, Wall this... Street? Incorrect. Shit, oh. yeah. Uh, I'm going to hate myself when I learn the answer. I don't know it, but... It, yeah, I, it, this it, is bugging I, me. I'll, I'll say yeah. this. This line is repeated constantly by this character. You gotta totally. Make... Can you give us yeah. the tagline for the, the ta- Yeah, I can give you the tagline. Hand. The tagline is, the closer oh. you look, the darker it gets. Another tagline is, how far would you go for the American dream? Oh, shit, Jesus Christ, can I do again? <laughs> Since no one seems to be buzzing in, that, yes. Like, yeah. Nightcrawler. <laughs> Nightcrawler is so the correct stupid. answer. Ah, I love that yeah. movie so much. Oh, man. All right. Here's That's a good one. movie. I, I've seen it. it it's great. <laughs> it's a great movie. I love that movie. That movie's amazing. <laughs> it's in my top ten of the last decade. Uh, same. Next one only has a quote. There was no tagline. Here's the quote. This is me. This is how I win. This is me. This is how I win. Oh, Eric. Eric? Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems is the uh, correct answer. Love that movie, too. Remember, these are all anti-heroes. That's the idea. That's the theme here. Halfway through. Two, three more. Eric, you won that round. Do you want the quote or the tagline? Uh, you know, let's go tagline. Mix it up a bit. All right, here we go. The strangest damn gang you've ever heard of. They're young. They're in love. They rob banks. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, can, can I just can I just chime in with a really wrong answer? Hit it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the what? The the Doberman Gang. What was that movie? The, that's the first thought that came to my head. That stupid movie about the Dobermans that robbed banks. Okay, look, guys, what? I told you it was past my bedtime. <laughs> what do you want from me? They're young. They're in love. They rob banks. <laughs> Oh, Eric. Eric? Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde is the correct answer. <laughs> I like the Sorry, it did process for a minute. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. <laughs> Sorry. You're Sorry. all good. Two more. We got the Eric here. Once again, you. You got the tagline or the quote? Yeah. I'll go with quote this time. If I okay, I'm just gonna read it. I might read it again if you don't get it for some reason. There's a whole ocean of oil under our feet. No one can get it except Eric. for me. Eric. Oh, there will be blood. It's there will be blood. I knew that one. <laughs> but if I did the voice of me, there's a whole oil, ocean of oil under our feet. Yeah, no one can get at it except for me. I, I love doing Daniel Plain. That's good. I like it. Well, that's good Daniel Plain. It's opportunity, man. Uh, when, they have the, when they have the cartoon, uh, I'll be sure to submit your name for the uh, voice cast. <laughs> Abe, I'm going to let you choose for this last one. Do you want the quote or the tagline? I want the quote. Okay. <laughs> this quote's a long quote, but I really <laughs> like the quote. <laughs> All right. I beat the shit out of some kids today, but it was for a purpose. It made me feel good about myself. It was like I did something constructive with my life or something. I don't know. I feel like I accomplished something. I beat the shit out of some kids today. I beat the shit out of some kids today. I love Abe, it. Abe? Watch it anyway. Super. It's not nope. super. I know Eric knows it, but I'm gonna read the I tag. Do, I'm gonna read the tagline real quick and see if that helps. <laughs> okay. He's very naughty and not very nice. Aaron. Aaron. I don't know. Bad Santa. It is yes. bad Santa. That is correct. Ah, bad Santa. <laughs> well, Love it. Aaron, you did get on the board a couple times. Abe, not Thanks quite. Thanks for just humoring yet. me. Yeah, but Eric, <laughs> you did win this game. So Eric. Good job. I mean, I it was an embarrassing. I embarrassed myself with that first answer, so I felt it, <laughs> I, I felt I had to redeem yeah. myself. For exactly. anyone listening to this that have never seen the Doberman Gang movies, I mean, you're really you're in for a treat. Let me tell you, the Doberman Gang movies are. I I, I am not familiar. Are they, is it like the dark version of Paw Patrol or what's going on? Uh, they teach a gang of Doberman dogs to rob banks. They made like four movies in this There's four series. of these. I love yes, this. Yes, I, I grew up on them. Well, they're live action. This is great. I just looked this up. The name of the of the dogs is Dillinger, Bonnie, and Clyde. <laughs> in the ballpark. <laughs> what is the what is the tagline? Out of curiosity. The tagline is "Trained to commit the most incredible caper ever conceived." That's pretty That's generic. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, it says something actually, else. Oh, let me find a bigger version. There's something else on this poster. Hold on. This is very. Important. When I was a kid, I was afraid of Dobermans because I uh, honestly thought they robbed banks. Like I seriously did after seeing these oh, movies. This just got better. For one thing, this poster's awesome. It's got like these. It's got people in the center. Some of them have guns. Some of them are being attacked by dogs. There's a stack of bills, and then there's all the there's the dogs on the top. They're like ferocious with their teeth. It says trained to commit the most incredible caper ever conceived, which makes sense. Trained because there's dogs right next to the doberman gang and on the bottom it says in quotes exciting family entertainment rated PG. yeah <laughs> yeah that shit was on like uh i think it was on like sunday channel 5 the ktla movies on sunday at like three o'clock it, it was family time man just watching violent dogs robbing banks excellent and yes there are there are multiple sequels it would see i'm trying to find all of them um <laughs> because I want to know these titles. There is The Daring Dobermans, The Amazing Dobermans, and the TV fourth sequel, Alex and the Doberman Gang. Yeah. And there's a remake in the works. <laughs> oh, good. No, nothing involved. There's, someone, ha someone has the rights. That there's nothing on it so far. Uh, there is a re there's a remake. On Wikipedia, it says, the film was shot entirely on location in Simi Valley, California, which... <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, Aaron, I know you got to take off, so what do you want to plug before you go here? 
I mean, you already plugged it at the beginning of the show, but uh, I do a podcast off and on called The Dadward Spiral, which was inspired by my own <laughs> anxiety-filled journey in becoming a dad since I never had a dad or grandfather <laughs> or great-grandfather or uncle or just any father figure in my life. And it was basically about me reconciling that stuff to not repeat any sort of generational trauma or aspects of that from my life uh, down to my daughter. And I've had some amazing guests on the show. Mike Flanagan was on, which was like the best episode we've done so far. And I may be getting the voice of Bugs Bunny on next week. Uh, raised Mel Blanc from the dead to come onto your no, show? No, uh, the new one. Uh, <laughs> Eric Bowes is a friend of mine. He does Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Marvin the Martian and a bunch of other voices. And yeah, we, we, we do the show off and on when the schedule permits because, you know, freelancing and full-time dad at home makes my schedule fucking bizarre. But if you're interested, we don't have over 400 episodes like some people, but... <laughs> There's like 16 of them so far online. You can go to uh, Dragon Wagon Radio's website. That's dragonwagonradio.com and find my show amongst a bunch of others. Uh, I co-host it with an old friend of mine named Eddie Doty, who is a dad of three. So he has a lot of insight and interesting perspective on the experience of guiding another life into this world. Um and yeah, it's been it's been a cool experience. It's been profound and uplifting and insightful and has helped my anxiety a bit. So if y'all are interested, we're on iTunes and I uh, just gave you the website of the uh, platform that hosts us. Well, very cool. Nice. Glad to hear yeah. about it. I, I, I have heard an episode right too, uh, but no, glad to glad to have you on the show again, of course. And uh, thank, thanks for joining us. All right. I, again, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you were a you were a gas. What are you talking but about? Also, Always. thanks for having me. Seriously, thank you for having me for on. Sure. And uh, uh, yeah, you guys have a good rest of your show. Thank I'm you. going to sleep. Okay, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Aaron. Bye. 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 All right, we're gonna continue the show now. We're gonna move on to our next review. We're gonna start talking about Free Guy. My name is Guy. Sunday should be warm and sunny. Just a scattering of drive-bys. And I live in paradise. I've got a best friend. This is the greatest cup of coffee of all time. Oh, oh! Mondays, am I right, Joe? You said it, Guy. Yeah! And I work at the bank. Everybody's out of the bank! I thought I had everything I needed. But then I met her. Everybody down on the ground. Everybody except you. Me? Please, I have a goldfish. There is something inside you, guy. I don't want something inside me. They expected you to just follow the rules, but you are so much more than that. Put these on. Okay. Fine. I do. Oh, my God! What are these, trick glasses or something? Guy, there is no easy way to say this. This world, it's a video game. You're not real. That should have been some of the trailer for Free Guy. Imagine a world where random civilians in a Grand Theft Auto-type game had their own lives. That's sort of what you're looking at with Free Guy, an original film starring Ryan Reynolds as Guy, an NPC in a popular open-world shooter called Free City. Unaware he is in a video game, he finds a way to break from his normal routine after instantly falling for a player named Molotov Girl, who turns out to be a programmer searching the game for the code that she and her former partner have developed for a different game. To help... Guy decides to level himself up, becoming a hero in the gaming world in the process, and possibly the key to freeing Free City from the evil gaming CEO played by Taika Waititi. Eric, let's start with you. What did you think of Free Guy? 
Uh, so I will say I am not necessarily as effusive as a lot of our colleagues seem to be about it. I liked Free Guy. It wasn't, I, I will say right off the bat that one of the strangest things about it is I went into the movie just based on the trailers, expecting a completely different plot. Like the trailers for this suggested to me that uh, the Jodie Comer character was going to come up to this uh, a this one AI guy and give him the glasses. And it's not what the movie is. It's actually about like the evolution of this character. And that is obviously far more interesting uh, as a story. And I, I dug it. It's uh, it's fun. I, I think Ryan Reynolds is easily one of those charismatic people alive and endlessly fun to watch. I'm not, I will say I'm not a huge video game person. So I feel like all the stuff that it was doing to kind of tap into that specific crowd was like, not necessarily for me. And I can, I can, I will never hold that against a movie, especially because clearly it is connecting with a lot of people. So, uh, and I will say one thing that it does kind of detract from me is that you have like, you're selling this idea of this being a big, giant, violent video game. Uh, but of course, Sean Levy is as family friendly as filmmakers in Hollywood get today. So like you have that PG-13 like rating kind of holding it back to a certain degree. But, you know, overall, yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. I uh, I enjoyed my time watching it. Hey, how are you? Where'd you fall on Free Guy? Yeah, I actually kind of really fall in the, the same boat as Eric. I like it. I don't know if I loved it per se, but I really liked Ryan Reynolds playing like sincere earnest guy ryan reynolds which is sure. uh, one of the ryan reynolds that i really like the other one is independent movie ryan reynolds where it's just like dude he's a really good actor like dramatic um, ryan reynolds the yeah voices. like buried yeah. like buried the voice yeah. we are a big fan of the voices on this podcast Love the voices, voices buried the nines yeah um, the nines but, sorry i meant the nines the nines is we're a big fan of on this podcast yeah voices maybe um, but yeah, there, there certainly is like this aspect of the movie that I was like, okay, cool. I really appreciate that this is here and it's going on this route uh, to give more than what I was expecting from this video game. Because I was like, it can't be centered around the video game specifically because what are they going to do with it? And then it becomes a little bit more of like a Tron legacy and maybe even a Tron type situation. But beyond that, I think that there is a nice, an over overarching theme of, hey, you know, you're free to be yourself. You should choose how you want to live your life. And I think that there are really good like lines that they uh, have said in the movie to, to reinforce this. And Ryan Reynolds has been on a tear about saying like, hey, you know, I, I just want to make a movie that that made everybody uh, happy and, and um, everyone could watch it and be pleased with themselves afterward. And it, I think it does accomplish that. But, you know, I, I think as an overall, I there are probably other movies where I thought they're the same theme applies, but it's probably in a more effective way. Um, you know, something that comes to mind is just probably 10 things I hate about you. Uh, but not the I, example I, I expected, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, just the line that Heath Ledger says to, to, I forget who, but he's like, Hey, don't ever let anybody make you feel bad about something that you want. Um, and I think that, that is a good line. Ball, You're not wrong. That's a good, good line. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a great line. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh yeah. He says that to Jiggles. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Um, but it, it is like a fun enough movie and it, it does start to build upon itself. Almost to the point where it's like, yeah, I, I really do appreciate that, like, Ryan Reynolds' character, Guy, is such a good guy, and there's nothing that's really going to actually distract him from it. Um, as far as, like, the, I guess, the the things that I maybe didn't like about it were just some of the pacing of it, uh, some of the pacing, like, toward, like, the the latter of the first third into maybe, like, the uh, into the beginning of the second 
third or I'm sorry, the last third of the movie. I was like, okay, yeah, I see where we're going here, but there's like a larger mystery at play. And here we are with sort of like two plot lines, but I think one of them kind of gets a short shrift and I'm talking more about like the guy guy. Uh, yeah, I agree. Plot line yeah. kind of getting it's, a short it's more, shrift. way more A to B than, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So overall, like it is a good movie. I think that it's fun enough. Is it one of those movies where, I would go back and revisit it immediately. Probably not, because I was probably, honestly, I still had the green knight on my mind as I was watching this movie. Uh, but, you know, it, it's uh, a family-friendly affair, and yeah, you could totally watch it and have a really good time, because there was a lot of hooping and hollering. I uh, don't disagree with what you guys are saying. I'm in a similar boat uh, as far as how much I like this movie. I will say, though, looking, you know, that last thing you mentioned as far as whether you'd come back to this, I'm not saying I'd race out to see it again, but at the same time, I'd be happy watching it again because it is a fun time. I mean, I do think the movie accomplishes what it's set out to do, which is deliver something just different to a point and original, which it very much is to in its own way, despite having many references you can go to. Uh, but, like, it's there's a life-affirming quality to it that I admire. I wish the movie was a little bit smarter, um, and that's not to say it's dumb, but I think it I think it taps into things that it's not fully prepared to explore more of. Um, and I'll, in reference to that, I'll say, like, you mentioned 10 Things I Hate About You. Wally came to mind for me for this movie, as far as sure. the way Guy has an effect on people around him once he becomes... You know, sentient. <laughs> once he becomes, once he becomes like, <laughs> once he becomes, he self-actualizes and starts to go his own path. He starts interacting with other NPCs that also want to do more than just the thing they've been doing. And I really do wish the film explored that more. That said, that was the best part of the movie for me, the mid, the middle act, honestly, when guy is, he's on the kind of the, he's he's set on his path and he's doing the thing he wants to do. I can agree that. I wanted to see more of that. I want to see more of what's going on because the real world stuff was just less interesting to me, despite having a good set of actors to make all that stuff work as well as it does. I was more interested in seeing what guy was going through and like how he was affecting right. the world around him. I, I will, the first like 20 minutes of this movie, I wasn't not, I wasn't like disliking it, but I, it just wasn't winning me over very much. Um, sure. I, I feel like I was just like pretty been there, done that as far as how it was portraying this world Talking about, like, the Lego movie aspect of it? Yeah, just, like, between, like, the trailers constantly playing for a year, which I get it, it's not the movie's <laughs> fault, but between, like, being, but yeah, so exactly. fam- but between being so familiar with, like, what the premise is already, and just the, you know, a, we like some Sean Levy stuff, we like Real Steel quite a bit, but, like, he's not the best. Good cinematography. He's good cinematography. It's, he's not the best, so it, like... It just it wasn't pulling me in in a way that I was hoping it could from the outset. So like by mm-hmm. the time Guy becomes, you know, once he gets the glasses, that's when the movie kind of came alive more for me. And a lot of that comes down to what Ryan Reynolds is doing. And you know I'm, you know me, I'm not the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan when it's him being like smarmy Ryan Reynolds, and especially <laughs> in like big movies. So the fact that he plays this really affable person. I was into that. Like I really, I think he brought a level of warmth that was really winning and really just likable like he's supposed to be i think it just occurred to me by the way that i think i was on for both deadpool and deadpool too so it is funny <laughs> yeah you're you the ryan reynolds guy yeah i'm gonna put that in our notes if we have a ryan reynolds movie get eric on this call <laughs> but, but yeah. um no i i liked what he was doing uh jody comer who i best know from um from killing eve 
this is like her first like major film, right? So I mean, I mean, she's been in yeah. so many. And it's very like, different. It's, it's very, it's very different. different. I like that her video game avatar has her natural English accent and her real right. life persona is American. <laughs> like that's actually a funny thing uh, yeah. that they play with. Uh, like she gets a lot to do here. I like that she gets to play a real character and not just something that the trailers kind of propped up as far as being like you know like badass girl character. It's like no, she's like a real person with like you know thoughts and things to do beyond just being a, a certain type. Um, so like that went well. I think Taika Waititi's really funny here. He gets to do a lot of whatever he wants to, and for He's me, doing it a lot of scenery chewing. He does a lot, uh... but I mean, it fits what the movie's doing for me. So I wasn't against it, and I'm all for Lil Howery just popping up in anything at this point. Like he, just... I think honestly, he, I think he was my highlight. Like what he is doing with Ryan Reynolds, and it is weird that it is like the most dramatic stuff of the film, right. uh-huh. which again by itself by itself is just weird. But yeah, honestly, like when he's uh, when guy is meeting with him in his apartment and they just have the conversation about like whether or not they want like how he should proceed with change. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a really well done moment and it's yeah. and Bill Howe reacts the hell out of it. Well, so. you know, yeah, I, I, I mentioned I mentioned how the trailers played constantly. I constantly yeah. saw the scene of him saying, "I'm just sitting here with my best friend," and it's like, why is this scene kept getting me? And that's how effective <laughs> it is. Like it just works and, for and, me. It that I mean, first of all, that's like a very life affirming thing, which is like it's very true what he's saying there. Which it is. is like yeah. this is the only time in which matters because I can only control what I'm doing with like you two on the podcast here. But what I, what Aaron you're mentioning earlier about um you know this movie kind of touched upon things where it doesn't really deep dive deep into it. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things like the Lorel Howry character. I was like, this is a really cool character to have, especially yeah. the way that he confront some of the, the things that Ryan Rounds is putting into him. He's just like, hey, man, just put on the glasses. Like, I, I just can't, you know? And then later, like, when they have, like, the, the bridge running scene, I was like, this is not what I was expecting from Lil Rel, but he's been great in everything that I've seen him in, so I should not really be surprised anymore. So there are really deeper things. I mean, to be fair, like, they actually do go into some concepts, and yeah. they're like, oh, well, you know the guy that made this? Like, God? He's like, yeah, he's a dick or whatever. It's like, <laughs> This is kind of cool, but I know that you guys aren't going to continue with this. And it's a shame because I, I'm not asking for a hundred million dollar four quadrant blockbuster sure. to have these. But at the same time, it's like other movies have done this. <laughs> like it's that are that are in the same. Even the Lego Movie, I think, has some like really deep ideas that it existential actually, ideas that of it, like what the nature of ourselves that it actually Absolutely. that it explores entirely successfully. So it, it's yeah. not like it's not it's First impossible Aaron to Bruner, do because yeah, that's a big dad movie <laughs> for sure uh but it's so it's like yeah it's just these things hold it hold you know it's, it becomes like a b instead of something stronger because i just because i i'm rooting for this movie to do more and it doesn't quite know how to do more and, it, and you know that that holds us it's a, it's a shame now aside from that like getting away from the story for a bit and just talk about like what this presenting on to us on screen I was very impressed with like how well the video game stuff was incorporated in this film. Like it's very fun sure. and funny. I I the blending of the visual effects I think is really well. It was really well handled. I think Sean Levy, you know, for a fairly average director, he he made he's made three Night of the Museum movies and this and Real Steel. He seems to know his way around how to incorporate visual effects pretty pretty well. So I I'm, I can't complain there. I do think yeah. he has an eye and for I, that. I, I, I do like. And I like the world that exists in like Free City and just the mm-hmm. design of the game itself, I thought was functional and made sense uh, yes. in what it was doing. And it translated right. well, which is something that doesn't always happen. Uh-huh. And also, I like it. it I, I do like the subgenre of video game movies that aren't actually video game 
uh, movies. Yeah, they tend right? to be, they tend yeah. to lead to like some really great things, like Scott Pilgrim or Ready Player One, yeah. like I mentioned earlier. Like there's yeah. there's a way to do this that seems to be not adapting them, but just saying like you know this is inspired clearly by this thing. Like, exactly. Yeah, I mean there certainly are a lot of elements taken from these movies that we've already talked about as well. Uh, Eric, I think that you were the one mentioning like the the world outside of the free city world, um, and it's like yeah, I actually do like that these characters are are fairly somewhat fleshed out they've got some character arcs that go with them like we're talking about joe keery and, and jody comer yeah, yeah. and uh, and i'm just like yeah it's cool that there's like this backstory here that i was given in other movies they wouldn't have explored it further just in terms of like yeah he was like a really smart mit engineer went into like oblivion and he sold his soul kind of thing but it's like oh there's a little bit more to that but I, I think that what I was trying to get at earlier, and Eric, you're acknowledging this as well, which is when it kind of gets away from the route around stuff and it goes toward the human characters, um, especially like the way that the movie ends. I was like, you know, like I respect it, but also at the same time, like it's really forced at the end. Yeah, that, I was like, yeah, I kind of want to see it, more Ryan Reynolds. And I don't need it. I, it just it doesn't feel like the movie needs it. And it almost it, it feels like a test audience note. That they did like reshoots and kind of added it on. That's how it reads. Well, it almost feels like the movie knows it too, because there's, I'm not to get too far into it, but like it, you know, it gives you enough to be like, okay, that's where that led, but then let's get back to the game. And it's like the real relationship emerges as far as like, you know, there's best friends that we care about as far as that. There's just, it's, yeah, it doesn't know how to best handle like the balance. And that's why I like the real world stuff. It's like, I, Abe, I agree with you. It's like, I am happy that we have like actual characters that are developed to a degree, but at the same time, it's like I'm just less interested in this. No, like, I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. it's not. Because, it's not as like, interesting. Yeah. The lines that kind of came to me when I was watching this were from like um, Ready Player One, where she's just like, "You don't even know the real me," and I was like, "Yeah, I I don't know the real you," and I don't. I hope that the movie doesn't really like when they even when they show the real you, you're like this freedom fighter that's like trying to like stop people from playing video games at the time and this one's like no i'm actually just trying to like find this piece of code because i'm pretty convinced that this taika Waititi has stolen it from me and i want to get my my justice here i, I like, think part part of what gets me is that mythic quest on apple is so good where i'm like yes, I, don't, I don't need like this yeah. i don't need the sit like the lesser sitcom version of real life video game business uh like situations so it's like right. yeah like again Waititi made me laugh. Like, I'm not, I, I mean, I can't, you know, scene chewing, what have you, and like where his evil villain plot goes is whatever. But he has some lines that were pretty, kill, were killing me pretty well, like throughout this movie. Yeah. So, like, I, I mean, I, but you, I, I think the point you make about Mythic Quest is interesting just because, like, it does feel like if you were to layer the game stuff on top of like what Mythic Quest do, does uh-huh. with its nuanced characters just within that environment, because that is just so far superior to uh-huh. what this movie does on that level. So, yeah. You know. Um, what else? Uh, I, me- I mean, I mentioned the visual effects, but like the action, I think is solid. And like, there's a number of like sequences, levels, I guess, that um, have, mm-hmm. have Ryan Reynolds like being. He's like running away from the um, fr- from Joe Carey and the cops, um, yeah, yeah, the, the cops, like the, the, yeah. the, the gamers yeah. that have come into the game as cops at one point. There's some clever stuff there. There's a big, there, you know, the the end of this thing has a number of like car chase based stuff that I think is well handled. Just like the way it, I don't know, like the way it, it just. I will say I, and explosions lean, and things. I was just really satisfied with in that level. Yeah, lean into the IP uh, at the end. Uh, yeah, left a little bit bad there, taste in my mouth if I'm being 100 percent honest. I, well, just, especially because it does seem to have that energy of like, no, we're an original movie, and then it kind of, and yeah. then it like plays off a few. I mean, I'll, it was like I'll, fun, and that's like where the audience was like really engaged. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I'll say uh, I'll say two I'll say two things about this. One, it's far better than Space Jam. 
two. Yes. Yes. It takes it does it gives you one thing that I think is actually really funny and fun and, and like surprising, but then it goes one step further. I'm like, yeah, you didn't need to go there. That that was that was yes. too much. <laughs> so. Yeah. But, but I I think the thing that sort of maybe this is the way that describes uh for all of you guys as well. The thing that kind of just brings me back to it is that it feels light and airy. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like the villain isn't really like a villain per se. Like he's not killing people, or he's not like like what we just described in, in Don't Breathe too. He's not like you know uh, a, a, an abductor rapist. Well, if the, if the um, movie was stronger, you would care more about what he what the ramifications of his of what he's doing, right? And, sure. And I think that's yeah. a fault of the film that it's not making that seem as dire as it could. And and even like when there's a sort of like this agreement toward the end of the movie between two characters, I was like, this is a really like even this is too nice, but I get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's operate like it's PG thirteen, but this is very much a PG level sort of office drama that's taking place going on. You know, so again, the villain isn't really a villain per se, but yes, actually, when you think about the the, the moral complexities of it, it's just like, yeah, this guy is a pretty big jerk. Um, yeah, he's a he's, yeah, yeah right? he really screwed two people. Out yeah, of, like, if he was on, like, I mean, it would be almost interesting if he had like a bit more complexity to him, and like I had a. But he does is just kind of an idiot who stole something that didn't <laughs> yeah. belong to him and then built mo- and then made money off of it. Like, right. If he was like a villain in yeah. like Succession, then this would go deeper. But he's not. Oh, right, right. that would be amazing. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just bring Tango <laughs> to the end of Succession. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch that crossover. Sure, I'd watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, just on the floor. Just uh, to ha- just to have him scatting over the intro credits, I'd be all about that. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> yes. But I, I think the again overall like it's a pretty light movie like in the look of it too it's very bright um, it's very like, bright the dark scene, it the dialogue is very again it's not very intrusive in, in that it's not very like r-rated pg-13 rated so yeah there, there's really not a whole lot here that's just like you know, that's a problem you know what i mean like and so i think that's why i think it's really generating the buzz that it has been generating well it's, and it's, good all, it's, all, it. real, real, it's almost like it's almost like sean levy was able to get himself out of this hole as far as his movies real still notwithstanding um they tend to have this kind of sheenness to them that feels like just kind of bland like all right here well now we're in a video game world where yeah it's gonna look like that that's kind of it's like how it is to begin shape. with so it's it's, it's like leaning in exactly. yeah, he, yeah he can do yeah. the thing that he generally does without having to suffer from the like you know i'm just a middling director kind of consequences i have a question for you Cred- guys. real quick credit, like... credit to sean levy because i feel like i'm bagging on him hard yes we do like yeah. real steel and yeah like he's a producer on he's a producer on stranger things like he, he's he's early you know he has other ambitions Ooh. out there it seems i just don't think they're reflected very often in some of his his lesser movies like the various uh family comedies that he's done that range <laughs> in quality uh the question was when they had a, a large segment around some of these youtube gamers did you guys know who they were and did you guys even care well, I, I mean, I, that's kind of what I was saying when I'm I'm not a big gamer, so yeah. like that felt like it was speaking to a total like a, a, an audience that wasn't me, and like I will say, it does feel a little bit like it is placating to that audience, which sure. is never something that I love. But I um being being a being a gamer, I'm not mm-hmm. I don't watch like YouTube or Twitch streams or whatnot. I just like to play the game i'm not insulting people that like to watch those things good for you Mm -hmm. do the thing you want to do but but i didn't know who they were to begin with so i just so i i was i was convinced that it was probably people that exist like that are you know they're just playing themselves but as at the same time i was like are these just actors that are playing this kind of person like that's kind of where my head was at yeah that's the same boat that i was in 
where I was like, I don't know if these are real people. Credit yeah. to them for ne- feeling natural on screen, I guess. Sure. <laughs> it's yeah. got that going I mean, for they it. do it for Olivia, I suppose. So it, it, right. it probably comes naturally to them. But yeah, that's where I was. I was like, I, I think some of these are real because, you know, credit to the audience that I was with where there's like, hey, whoa. And, and I was like, okay, well, I guess that person's a real person. Well, I was right. with a bunch but, of old uh, critics, so they didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> 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 but in large part, I was like, you know, I don't know. Like, to when we're talking about, like, I. Not, not to say that this movie sold out in any way, but just more like if you're talking about like original IP and, and maybe not trying to like sell out, it's like, is that a sellout move? So and this is not a criticism of the movie, just more of like, I don't I know. Really, I know where that's coming I, from. I don't know like how to yeah. feel about this part of it. So, I mean, yeah. it wants to like feel like it exists in the real world. So I get why sure. you would make certain choices. That doesn't upset me. That said that, you know, Ryan Reynolds has announced that Fox is very interested or Disney is very interested in making a sequel. So, you know, in terms of original IP goes, uh, well, right. here we are with uh, Albuquerque boiled turkey. <laughs> <laughs> a great line from Tiger Woods. If I make KFC and you like it. <laughs> <laughs> It did. That made me laugh more than I. I would not stop laughing for a good time after he said that line. That's good. Any other thoughts on Free Guy before we wrap up here? Lil Ro. I mean, I, I want to yeah. see him in more things. MVP. I, I mean, he's having a great year. He's got this. He had Bad Trip. He is in Space yeah, Jam. He was in Fatherhood. Right. He was in Space Jam. He was, a, he was in Tom and Jerry as a voice. He's got another thing that the John Cena Vacation Friends that's coming out with John Cena. He's all over the place. Sure. He's, he's getting his. He's in Judas and the Black Messiah for a hot minute. Like he's all over the things right now. Yes, he is. I dig it. So I mean, good on him for you know. I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Because it's uh, like it it feels like it went from he saved Daniel Kaluuya and Get Out and now he gets to rule the world. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what it feels like. Good he on him. He kind of reprised the role. He's just like rolling up in a in a patrol car. Yeah, good good. For <laughs> also him. like uh Joe Keery's uh coworker uh Mouser who's played by um Udkarsh. I was like this guy kind of plays the same role in all the movies that he's in, but I'm okay with it. He's fun. I, I like. It's like yeah, side guy with a lot of energy. Yeah. I, I enjoy go. when he pops up in things. Uh, I, I know he, he's like a he's a rapper, I believe. I I, I don't know his world his his uh, work. In yeah, that I mostly realm. know him from the Mindy Project where he plays. He's like uh, her brother, things. right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I guess I do know. That's the that's the extent of the rap that I know. The fact that he did on the Mindy Show for <laughs> right. like, the the few seasons that I watched that. Um, all right, so free guy. Brittany runs a marathon. Kind of plays the same guy as yeah. well. Yeah. And he he shows up in uh, one of our favorite movies. Uh, blind spotting. What's that? Blind, blind spotting. spotting. Yeah. Blind spotting. I love blind spotting. Great movie. He pops up on the TV show too in the uh, season. Finale. Oh, he does. In the season nice. finale that just happened, actually. Good show. Nice. Recommend. Uh, yeah. Heartily, if you if you like blind spotting, this yeah. this is just like a bunch of greatness to go on top of that. Awesome. I, I think like the last thing I'll say is that I I kind of dig this message more than like the message from a Ready Player One where it's like you shouldn't play video games and live your life all the uh, on online all the time. And this was just like. Hey man, do your thing. Like, don't live your life by rules that are defined by people that that don't know you. It's I like, mean, Free okay, Guy but... has one single message. Where Ready Player One's a little bit more complicated as far oh, as. Oh yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot of remorse there's, there's about lot... like what's going on <laughs> along with like. Sugar Wars. <laughs> all dystopia yeah. on the outside of that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But regardless, Free Guy is currently playing in theaters. Uh, when should people go and see this movie, Eric? Uh, you know, I'm like, I mean, like with horror movies, it's always fun to, it's always more fun to see comedies with a crowd. So if you, but I guess, can you find crowds uh, right now? Uh, so it's the number yeah, one I mean, movie. If so, you mean people. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> so that's, yeah, it's enough. I, I, I'd say check it out in theaters. Why not? Abe? Yeah, this is uh, probably like a light, uh, I'm sorry, dollar, a light theater. Well, those dollar light theaters. theater rating. 
Yeah, yeah. Because Aaron mentioned that there's actually really good like explosions and good sound uh, in here when you're seeing it with, you know, twelve speakers in your theater. Yeah, no, I, I would say you know if you can check this out in the theater safely, uh, do that. But otherwise, this will make a great 4K. I guarantee it. It'll look great. It'll sound great. So got <laughs> that going for you. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, that's our free guy review. Let's move on to our our next. What do we have again, Gabe? Oh, it's time for another game for Eric to beat me. <laughs> Fun fact: That's actually the the sound effect that plays when you go into like the the cavern. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this game is called, of course, Do You See What I See, uh, which could be about blind characters, but it's not. It's actually about sunglasses. Um, <laughs> I love I like that you reversed. I like uh, exactly the... that the games could be for either. <laughs> yeah. Way. Yeah. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. I thought of the titles first, definitely. And then I was like, but how can I make this if it's the, the, the other movie for each one of them? And I'd spent a good 20 minutes doing that. Um, and here we are. So this game, I'm going to describe to you based off the sunglasses that, you know, turn the glasses in Free Guy that allow characters to, you know, see the, the levels and the, the game design around them. I'm going to describe to you character, famous movie characters that wear specific sunglasses and the and I'm going to describe to you what that movie is. You have to guess what the movie is that I'm referring to. Okay. So we're going to get a lot of sunglass trivia here right now. There you go. <laughs> so get ready. Here's the first one. Porsche designed these hip shades worn by a Detroit cop in this classic 80s comedy featuring hey, a memorable feat. Eric. Abe? Abe? Oh, wait. 80s comedy? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> what, was the, uh, what was the Detroit Beverly cop? Beverly Hills com- Cop. It is Beverly Hills Cop. It is? Yes. Uh, yeah. That's what I was going to say, so, yeah. I'm just curious what non-80s Detroit Robo-Cow. cop movie you were thinking. That's also the <laughs> 80s, but okay. I didn't know that they designed the revisor. <laughs> yeah, those aren't sunglasses. That's the other thing. <laughs> Here's the next I do one. shade the sun, though. Here's the next one. These Ray-Bans were worn by this justice-seeking cop inspired by the detective who went after a killer, a killer based off the Zodiac. Ray-Bans? Ray-Bans. Justice-seeking cop? Inspired by the detective who went after the Zodiac Killer. He had that as oh, a... I feel like I know this. Yeah, but... you're going to kick yourself when you don't get this, Eric. I am. Come on, Eric. I'm rooting for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a guess uh-huh. and just say uh, Harvey Keitel and Bad Lieutenant. No, Harvey That's Keitel not... was not inspired by the detective that went after the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> no, I know. The answer... Uh, yeah. The answer, the answer is Dirty Harry. Oh, so Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, I deserve that. I totally deserve that. <laughs> the next one here. These two donned these Wayfarer classic shades at all times, even at night, while in high-speed pursuit in this musical comedy. Abe. Abe? Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Did you say you heard earlier? I didn't hear you. I thought I, 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 thought I heard you, but you, you said it pretty low. there. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. These Salima shades are part of an ensemble for this getaway driver who also sports a very particular jacket in this 2000. Eric. Eric? Baby driver. Incorrect. Really? Shit. Damn it. Abe. Abe? Drive? Drive is the correct oh, answer. Of course. Yeah, he had shades on, but yeah. This yeah. jacket in this 2011 thriller was the end of that sentence. The scorpion well, jacket, of course. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I like his jacket and baby driver too. For good what jacket. it's worth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good jacket. Good jacket. Good jacket. They're black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Next one. Two more. 
These Ray-Ban predators are worn by these special agents as both a fashion choice and a means to shield Eric. themselves. Eric? Men in black. Men in black is the correct answer. There we go. On the board. Yeah, <laughs> you're on the, you are. You are on the board. <laughs> it's about to kick Free you off. For the win. About to kick you off this show, too. But yeah, yes. you made it. You made it on the board. <laughs> Last one. In addition to his code of no women, no kids, this man sports John Paul Gautier shades worn to help his stay, help him stay inconspicuous. Ooh. Eric. Eric. Leon the professional. Leon the professional is the correct oh, answer. Oh, good one. I'm amazed that they live did not. I like I kept that they live in the back of my brain as for the part entire. Of, yeah. oh, the I was gonna pre-guess that yeah. as the last one. I but. found a I found a great website that had all of the different sunglasses worn wow. by like major. Characters. I was impressed by the brands like that you're able to like identify all the brands yeah. of these sunglasses. Yeah, it's good. No, I, I found a good site that, like, I was surprised how easily I was able to find this, but it had a lot Internet of... Internet Movie Sunglasses Database? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The... IMSDB? IMSDB, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The trolls there are ridiculous, though. you got to stay off those message boards. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, there was a lot of options, but I wanted to keep both games short, so I, I had to cut yeah. a lot of things out, even though nice. I wanted to keep going. That said, Eric, you came out strong at the end, but Abe, you are a winner on this second game. On this one, but Eric is a true winner. Aw. Guys, we're all winners here. Yeah, we're all winners. Yes, we included. Sure? I got the dirty hand answer. It was great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that was game, so let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's get some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners. They gave us some answers, and yeah, here we go. First question is, what character would you like to be in a video game? Maxwell Haddad, friend of the show, has the one who ran away from all the violence, or the one who shoots everything. Depends on the day. And Irene has, I'd be a shambling zombie for sure. What kind, Eric, do you have any kind of character you'd want to be in a video game? Uh, you know, my, I mean, like, <laughs> my first instinct was to just go with Pokemon, just because, like, you know, it's a cool mostly violent free world that uh yeah it's not like like i feel like it would be foolish to say mortal Kombat, but at the same time there is a certain level of like cockfighting and what is what pokemon is so <laughs> grappling with that uh yeah i uh, <laughs> i i think that i i would love to be like uh dr light because uh, all i do is show up in the beginning of the of the game and say like mega man you have to go stop this thing <laughs> And then I just never show up again except for at the end where it's like, you did a great job today. <laughs> I, um, I'd i be happy to be Spider-Man in a game because Spider-Man has great games. It's just fun to be oh, Spider-Man. You, you were in the Nikes or you were in the Adidas? You, you know, whatever fits on the day. I feel like I'd have both pairs, so I'd, you know, okay. but probably the Nikes. Um, yeah. And uh, But at the same time, as far as open world, like travel around at your own speed kind of thing, Incredible Hulk in a game, he is a fun game where you just get to like just tear tear through the city and destroy all kinds of stuff. So I'm not, I'm not opposed yeah. to, to, to being either of these two comic book characters within a video game world. Um, but... After that Spider-Man PS4 game, they should just make every single superhero game open world. Like yes. I, really everything should. that I want. Yeah. yeah. That'd be, that'd be why, why the plans have not been announced to do more of this. I'm not sure yet, but no the, idea. but the other, the other thing I'd want to be in a video game is a contestant in Mario Kart because I want to hurl uh, red <laughs> shells at Wario's. That would, that probably Only red shells. You don't want the blue shell spike. Well, if if Mar if Waro's in first place, then I definitely get the blue shell. Yeah. <laughs> like, there you go. Take that. And then I'd throw bananas at Donkey Kong and be like, "Look at the irony." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question we have here: What are some great films about characters who realize their world is not what it seems? Adam Gentry, friend of the show, writes The Truman Show and The Matrix in all caps, so that means he's yelling at me. Mm -hmm. uh, St <laughs> Stephen writes Fight Club. 
Uh, Luke Thompson, friend of the show, writes Nightbreed. Todd Liebenau, friend of the show, writes The Truman Show and Total Recall. Jason writes The Lego Movie. And Chris has Total Recall. Mm. Great films about characters who realize their world is not what it seems. Dark City came to mind for me on this one. Dark City? Uh, The 13th Floor? With with Craig Bierko? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, Characters who realize the world is not what it seems... I mean, all a lot of them. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah. Mm, the Lego movie. Yeah, the Lego movie, and Lego. sure, like Inception. There you go. We're That's not really sure if he's if he made it out. And yeah, if the dream's collapsing, I mean, what do you what do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which which layer are they in? Yeah, exactly. Need that kick. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, the next question is: Name some great movies about computer coders. Uh, Joe Jans has War Games. Uh, Chris has Ex Machina. And Dwayne has Sneakers. Do you guys have any favorite movies about computer coders? I have a pitch for Sneakers too. Yes, still sneaking. Uh, a movie I'm not big on compared to I like. I don't dislike it, but I think like other people are like, this is the best, and nobody saw this movie. I'm like, that's eh, fine. I, what if they're all really old now and they have no idea how computers work anymore? So they're trying to like constantly use like old computer tech and like they're like looking. It's like the scene in MacGruber where MacGruber like sees all the wires. Like, what the fuck is all this supposed to do? Like, he just doesn't understand it. That just I don't know. Tell what, me what you want me to do. I don't. I don't know what the plot of this would be beyond they're old. And they don't understand how computers work anymore because there's like not even wires. It's just all semiconductors. And like, but, but um. Uh, I I just feel like I, I'd get mild amusement out of seeing like old like David Strathairn yeah. and Robert Redford. Like we did version of this, and like, like Sidney Poitier comes out of retirement just to do Sneakers too for some reason. Like you know, I'd, I'd be into this. And we can get Sidney to do it. Dan Aykroyd is back, of course. Good cast. Uh, my favorite character is Black Cat. Yeah, Black Cat. Because you know he Chris Hemsworth really just looks like a he just knows how to. He's a super coder. And then my real answer probably is. Uh, uh, the social network. Do you I was think... going to say, I'm amazed no one mentioned social network. Yeah, there you go. It's kind of a thing. Do you yeah. think Chris Hemsworth, Ghostbuster character, got a new dog named Black Hat to go with my cat? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Another one I'll put out there is uh, Office Space. Office Not Space. good programmers, Office Space, yeah. but... Yeah, it qualifies, I feel. They forgot to do uh, the math function correctly instead of taking corrections. Exactly. There were no Richard Pryor, so they, they couldn't pull it off as well as he could. <laughs> Um, Wait, what's your favorite Michael Bolton I mean, song? Trons. I I was that? just I like the whole uh, the whole the whole thing. Yeah, I just asked what your favorite Michael Bolton song was, Eric. Uh, <laughs> can't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I'm uh, definitely in more the no talent ass clown kind of uh, category. <laughs> uh, next question we have here. No, we got no answers for this one. I like this question. I was I was. It's a great question. I feel like it just came up at the wrong time for people to not submit answers. Yeah. But what's your favorite video game weapon or power up? I think I've, already, I've already mentioned red shells, guys. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, and, that, and we also mentioned like the blue spike shell. But mm-hmm. one of my favorite we- power ups is the feather in Super Nintendo's uh, Super Mario World. Super Mario. Where you, oh, the feather. Flying, so and you basically just pass the entire game if you had enough of a runway. Yeah, but why the squirrel suit? What What do you expect squirrels to have when you get them cornered? <laughs> Yeah, nuts is your natural answer, but actually it's feathers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, the portal gun also comes to mind. Oh, you're talking about we're ta- we're still talking about free guy. <laughs> uh, it it is it's just useful having a portal. I gun. I mean, around. if we're if, if we're keep if we're keeping uh 
Spider-Man on the board, web shooters would just be, yeah. they just look so much fun. I mean, it I mean very obviously impossible that your your arm would just rip off uh, without, <laughs> if you don't have the super strength to go with the web shooters. But, you know, it'd be fun for that 10 seconds where you're just like free flying on that first arc. And then, yeah, uh, yeah just wishing that your shoulder would just finally separate. Eric, we need to body. make this one minute Funny or Die video <laughs> tomorrow. Sure. <laughs> sure. Abe, by the way, characters that realize the world isn't what they seem the signal oh yes yeah nomad <laughs> out now favorite the signal yeah we still I, I still follow all three of those careers very closely i mean he just did underwater we got to see what he's going to do next yeah didn't he get attached to something did he get a what didn't he i think he got attached to something else the uh director um i forget his name david that was started with the c but anyway uh <laughs> William Eubank, of course. Yes. <laughs> the David well, the W. I, I, I keep tabs of like the the main three actors as uh, as to what they're doing. Paranormal activity. Act. That's what it is. There you go. <laughs> that's not what I expected the answer to be, but that's what no. the answer is. Yeah. He's working on a new paranormal activity. Yeah, he's. The, I know they've been doing a new paranormal activity. I didn't realize that he was the one they did, but I remember he got attached to something. So yeah. Sure. Low budget yeah. world. So. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Next question we have here: Name a great movie that turns its villain into a hero or anti-hero. Todd Liebenau rides at Jurassic Park, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, in the same movie, no less. Uh huh. And, and here you go, Eric. Uh, Joe rides Baby Driver. There you go. Yeah. Those names uh, are interesting. I'm gonna say I'll put a, Judgment Day. That's a good one. I'll say uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. That's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Complicated. Yeah. <laughs> As Definitely. humans are, which is why that. As they are. That's why that yeah. movie's good and doesn't deserve any backlash. Right. I was like, why am I? Why do I, I hate this Sam guy? And then I was like. I actually really root for this guy. It's impressive. I mean, honestly, yeah, again, like, it's doable. And the way, the fact that, I mean, Martin McDonough is a genius, though. I guess we can't yeah. expect it from everybody. Right. But I'm also just like, man, this guy's not a real cop. And then he does cop work at the end of the movie. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, it, as, like, as neat as it is to see that turn, and as good as Sam Rockwell is, he won an Oscar, I really like that that long shot scene where he walks up the stairs, beats up uh, what's his face, Grease, uh, Grease, uh, uh, Caleb Landry Jones, yeah, Caleb Landry Jones, throws him out the window, which is a great which is a great cowboy move as far as get a stunt guy in at the last second. Uh, yeah. That's what they call it, it's a cowboy when you like replace the stunt yeah. guy at the last second. Throws him out the window, walks back down the stairs, and then continues to beat him. It's like that's a, there's a lot of good choreography in that scene, but it's just really well yeah, done. Really is. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love Mark McDonough. He's such an incredible yeah. filmmaker. I, I can't wait for what he does. I, I mean, I, I've loved all his movies. Seven Psychopaths. Four Billboards. In Brood, outside Ebbing, Missouri. And, yeah, the sequel. That's all we need. Yeah. Well, we have, we have, we have Brendan Sexton III returning as well. That'd be great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, Moonraker with Jaws. Moonraker with Jaws. Okay. Comes to, comes uh, the next anti, question is, name some, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. name some great films featuring characters not held back by their impairments. Chris Cleveland has Blind Fury. This was like one of my favorite movies growing up. Was it? <laughs> yeah, because I watched it on TV and I was like, Uncle Nick! Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, uh, Mac and Me, obviously, that comes to mind. Oh, yes, yeah. I'm going to add in uh, Silver Bullet. Oh, Silver Bullet. I love that yeah. movie. Um, what are some other ones where it's... Sound of Metal, I mean, if, if we're just going to be great one. Yeah. Sound of Metal is fantastic. Uh, all of the X-Men movies, they're all impaired in some way, right? Yeah, I mean, they're trying to get cured in the third one. <laughs> well, one of Just them is. needles jumping on from the sky. One of them's all about that. Yeah. Uh, Rain Man. Sure. Rain Man, yeah. yeah. Forrest Gump, there's another one. Probably probably the best one, He yeah. seems to succeed. Yeah. Why go. did you put this weapon together so quickly? 
because you told to. The Shape of Water. Shape of Water. There you go. There you go. That's a beautiful yeah, one. It's a great one. Uh, the last question is, what's your favorite home invasion film? A, f- a question that, you know, I, I don't really like, but <laughs> that's because uh, home invasion movies are my my, my scaredest uh, category. Chris has Funny Games and the Christmas feel-good movie Le Interieur. <laughs> Joe Jans has The Strangers. Do you guys have any favorite home invasion films? Can Die Hard count? Uh, I see what I you're mean, going for. I guess can... <laughs> I'm not against this. Yeah. If we're if we're going to be stretching genre conversations for yeah. any movie, we can do it with Die Hard. I feel like there's a pre-existing uh, precedent for doing that. Uh, I'll put your next. Your, I was going to say, yeah, your uh, next is a good one. That... Oh, Hush. I mean, uh, Aaron brought up Mike Flanagan earlier. Hush is an amazing I, That works for the yeah. previous question as well. Yeah. 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 Yes, it does. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, David Fincher's B-movie masterpiece, Panic Room. With Speaking Jared Leto. Uh, yeah. Transformative with, 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 Jared Leto in uh, Corn Rose. Yeah. Corn Rose, yeah. yeah. Back when he did it simple. <laughs> right. Uh, home Alone. There, there you go. Home Alone. That, that's my home invasion. There's another one that could answer both questions. Wait Until Dark with blind Audrey Hepburn. Mm. Um, right. and yeah the strangers is an obvious one and uh it's certainly dogs yeah. going for the classic oh yeah, yeah. yeah all right well that's enough feedback 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 and thank you all the listeners for submitting in answers feel free to do that it's every week we put up questions on uh out now with our name on their facebook page and feel free to ask us questions too we're happy to answer anything on here because we like having that kind of fun um but with all that said good things do have to come to an end and that is going to do it for this week's episode of out now with our name you can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing at ysblue.com for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews, League of Entertainment for film reviews, and I, as I mentioned, I do have a Don't Breathe interview, Don't Breathe 2 interview coming out this week on Variety. I'm also on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Vermo, fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag Officer Johnny! <laughs> that was funny every time he screamed that. Uh, Eric Eisenberg, where can people find more of you online? Uh, as mentioned at the top of the show, I am an editor and the head critic over at Cinema Blend. You can find me on Twitter at E. Eisenberg. And if you are in particular a Stephen King fan, I actually have a weekly column that chronologically goes and examines all of St- the Stephen King adaptations. Uh, just ran Stand By Me last week and have Creepshow 2 coming up on Wednesday. So check Very it cool. out. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podermack, and HHWD. Email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Right on our Facebook wall, Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or tweet us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And enjoy our simple stories and fun photo collages over at our Instagram page, instagram.com slash underscore podcast as well. And remember, our summer contest is still going. Win a copy of Do the Right Thing on Blu-ray or 4K. Uh, by Submit your favorite summer quote. Yep, submit your favorite, favorite <laughs> summer movie quote over at any of those pages we just mentioned. Uh, Eric Eisberg, thank, thank you again for joining us this evening. Thank you, Eric. Oh, this is always a blast. I love this show. This is great. Thanks, Thanks for to, having me. For sure. Thanks to Aaron Pruner once again for joining Thanks, us earlier Aaron. on. And uh, that's going to do it until next week, which we'll be talking about reminiscence. So Uh-oh. until then, until next time, so long. And goodbye. <laughs>